What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 41. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Got yeah. some schmutz on your computer there, huh? Yeah. What happened? I don't know. You usually keep everything so clean. Yeah, I don't know. I have to wipe it down with an alcohol cloth later. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What kind of cloth are you using there? Now, are you using like the Mr. Clean wipes? Are you using the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser? Are you using the Lysol wipes? Magic Eraser? Yeah. No. No. What I'll really do is take uh, 409 yeah. and just spray it on the laptop lid. Mm. Then I'll take a Bounty paper towel a bounty. that we buy way too many of on Amazon. Well, we need them. Yeah. Delivered to your door. Yeah. We don't have like to go to store $19. Anymore. You see all these movies, people going to Target? We don't go to Target. Dude, who's buying paper towels and toilet paper in person anymore? What kind of fucking rubes out there? You're getting you're not getting buying paper you're not towels. getting enough for your money. You're carrying them around like a schmuck when they can just be dropped Let off. Let me here. tell you this. Lay it on me. I bought Lola. Lola eats this very specific kind of food I had to go buy for her buy her twelve pound bag of this food, right? Mm-hmm. And I bought it on Amazon for $30 delivered to my door. Yeah. Go to Petco because I have to get her nails cut. That's, and also that's where the pets go. And that is where the pets go. So I brought Lola there to get her nails cut. $10 to get the nails cut. Okay, sure. No big deal. Buy the same bag. $40. If I can throw a timeout up real quick. That's technical. Throwing a timeout. Right okay. Here. Um, why why you're, you're getting her in a car to go to Petco for the nail trim, right? Oh, correct. Just walk her up to the, pet, the vet. The vet does it. Same price. Uh, They're right there. They're professionals. It's a whole thing. If they accidentally, I had to go get food. They cut her paw off. They put it back on. And I tried to go to the place next to the hot dog shop to get her food once, and they didn't have it. I bought this other kind of food. I didn't know that you can't switch dogs' food. Oh yeah, you can't do it. That's troublesome. Sometimes you got to ease them in and out. She shit all over the carpet. Yeah, you got to ease them in and out of it. She shit all over the carpet. That is a lesson all dog owners learn. We've all learned that. Now, I cleaned it up. I didn't know. Now you do. It was like a total rookie mistake, apparently, with dog. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, cause she, she usually is fine. She's young, so she doesn't need to go to the bathroom like that often. Yeah. But she was like that morning, she was like super affectionate. I thought like, just like, Aww. and I'm like, Oh, that's yeah, cute. Yeah. And, but then like, she was like, I'm trying to tell you I have to poop. So, and then she didn't know. So she said, come on here. It's her, not her fault. It's my fault. No. Yeah. No. Well, that's the problem with all pet she uh, accidents. Food, usually it's your fault. Yeah. You don't I didn't know. It. I had no idea. You couldn't yeah, switch their food. You gotta listen. I'm watching this one ant. Where is it? Right here. Right here. He wants to be part of this podcast real bad. No right. vocal cords. Oh, now he's dead. Now he's dead. Oops. No vocal cords, just like the aliens in Independence Day. Oh, let's not go into resurgence again. We don't want to spoil it for everybody, but it's a terrible movie, and there's no reason to see it. Colin, what have you been playing lately? Uh, not too much. I, I uh, dabbled a little bit with my number nine, and we're gonna get into that in the Roper's report. Uh, well, you talked about it last week, too. right? Um, Grand Kingdom, I'm still messing around with. I sure. see Grand Kingdom is one of those games. I do like it. I'm, it's one of those games that's so deep that I just know I'm never gonna beat it. Sure. So do I walk away from it now or do I walk away from mm. it? See, I tweeted out the other day, people, you know, I like to do little rapid fire things with people <laughs> where, I, where, I, where I quote their tweet and answer their questions. Yeah. And one of the guys was saying like, you know, do, do you beat, you know, how do you, do you feel guilty when you beat games? And I'm like, Not honestly, who the fuck has time to beat a game? Like, yeah. I, like I just, I beat a few games this year. Like, I just don't have time. Yeah. Like I, there's other things I want to do. So I play a bunch of games. I play them sometimes for hours and hours and hours, but Uncharted's the last game I beat. And, uh, yeah, I was just so I was happened like, to Doom? You, t- you were trying to beat Doom. In that yeah, weekend. I got to get through Doom. I haven't. I haven't. I'm on chapter. I'm like so close to. Yeah. Um. So my my whole answer to that was like I'm just not beholden to any kind of any kind of stress test in terms of like the you're not going through the rigorous kind of thing of beating a game. Uh, therefore, you're not really playing the game. Like I don't really buy that. I'm going to play sure. the game for as long as I want. Um. So as as Grand Kingdom is one of those games that I think is really great, and I think that people are going to enjoy it, and I think people are going to find a lot of depth to it, and a lot of bang for your buck. But I just also know that I just do not have the time or fucking inclination. To play this game for 50 or 100 hours. You know? Sure, sure. Um, so I downloaded, yesterday I downloaded a few games. First of all, I counted. I have about 250 games on PlayStation 4. When I when I read that, when I saw that, I was like, holy God, where did I get all these fucking games? Over 250 games now. Yeah. 
I believe I thought that the final count was 268. It was uh, 240 Pac-Man. something, I think. Okay. okay. And, but then I, I, I had a bunch of codes in my email that I never even acted. Yeah. And I want to be very clear, as I was on Twitter, I didn't pay for almost any of these games. So would not have nearly this many games I had to pay for them. So sure. I'm just a very lucky person. Yeah, definitely. But over the time, I've just... Because we get codes Ballpark every week. Count, if, let's say we were on the outside again. Right. We weren't doing this for a living. Right. We're out there living our lives. You're a teacher. And I have a job. I'm a journalist. Yeah. Okay. How many games do you think you're buying? Because you think you still I'd probably have, buy like a couple games a month. You th- yeah, because I think you still we'd still have that hunger that we had when we were on the outside. Yeah, I'd probably be waiting for games to get a little cheaper unless I really need it. So I would need Uncharted immediately. Sure. Doom, I would probably buy immediately. Right. Um, and I'd probably buy, download a, or buy a bunch of like bite-sized games. Um, but being on the inside, I don't pay for these games and I feel like I'm very fortunate. But I also right. feel like I just collect these codes and put them in and then just forget, forget about, about them. them. There's so a whole I, bunch of games. I redeemed a whole I, bunch of codes today. I'm super looking forward to it. But I was like, oh man, what am I, I went through a library. I, I don't even know, like legitimately know what 25 of these games are. Never even heard of these games. I have no idea how the fuck I even got this game. Nonetheless, I went through and I downloaded three games. I downloaded Rogue, uh, no, Rebel Galaxy, which is like this space shooter kind of role playing game kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be really good. I remember Some this people one. really liked it. It came out very early this year. Yeah. I played it for a few minutes and I'm like, no, no. Not so I you. got rid of that. Gotcha. Um, and then I downloaded uh, Dead Island Retro Revenge, which is like the beat em up side scroller kind of thing. Yeah. Haven't gotten to it yet. I downloaded Pure Solar and the Great Architects, which is a role playing game that's supposed to come to Vita, apparently. Now, I told you a little piece of trivia that this game first came to Genesis and Dreamcast in 2010, 2011, something like that. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Turn based role playing game. Very old school. Some people like it. Some people don't. I played it for like an hour or so. I'm going to get back into it. I enjoy it. That's a game I can see myself getting through to the end, especially because I was looking at the trophy list or the trophy guide on PSN trophies, and they said that it's 20 to 25 hours to get all the trophies playing it twice. So this seems like a manageable kind of length of a game. And I'm, I have an itch for Japanese role playing games after our exclusive conversation or my exclusive conversation with Alexa that will go live at the end of July for sure. on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games for our Patreon subscribers. Now, am I boring you? Do you want to do you want to just I'm chiming you in with a game I redeemed a code for that? I'm, I'm actually you wanna, am I boring you? Am I just do you want to fucking continue? To I, re- I, I redeemed oh, a code for Sidequest Studios, I think. Isn't it? It's a, it's an explorative action adventure game set inside the perilous environment of the Bermuda Triangle. One of the core aspects of the game is exploring a myriad there you go of procedurally generated islands, each with their own unique landmarks, population, and a population of friendly crew members and deadly critters. Who's the developer? It's SideQuest. I think it's the Rainbow Moon guys. Rainbow Moon. I'm rolling. Uh, it's East Asia East Asia Publishing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the same publisher. Okay, yeah, yeah. so maybe not SideQuest. Uh, yeah, you know. Coming out on June 29th. I liked everything I said. It's actually, you know, or July 5th for PS4, which is the only one we care about. Uh, but no, I looked at it. It looked really cool. Running around being pirates, action adventures, hack and slash, beating things up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. That one I downloaded today. I'm excited to get to. Yeah, I've had that. I had that. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for. There are games on Vita every so often that I'm like scrolling through and I'm like, God, I really got to get back to this. But when? I just don't feel like it. I'm in one of those malaise moments again. Sure. Where, yeah, but you can't force it. You can't sit there and force it. I respect you going I, through the game library trying to find things that speak to you. Yeah, I can't. can't I, just, I just am in one of those places where I'm like, ah, I just I can't. For yeah. me on Vita, it's all about Odin Sphere. Great game. Of course. I'm so excited it's back. I'm there. I want to play this one now. Be a little pirate out there, action adventure out there. You are. You are. And then I'm, I am excited for the Arkham Collection coming this summer, which I'm, I don't know how, <laughs> how much will I really commit to it, but I haven't played Asylum in years. Yeah, I haven't played Asylum since 2009. Yeah. But. Um, I think I platinumed it. I want to say I did. Okay. Uh, I doubt it. You're not much of a Batman fan. No, I'm not a Batman fan at all. Hmm. Um, don't know if I'm gonna get back to. That. I'm more excited about Bioshock Collection because I need a game that's. You but know, have fucking they even dated fantastic. that? Where, did they, where are we at with that? Uh, oh, that's 2K another is, one. Two case weird with that. That's chicken. another one. Is it real? Is it fake? Where did that's we real. announce it yet? Did we announce it yet? Is it real? Real? No, or it's is real. It just more leaked bullshit. I real? mean, they, unless they just pay the rate it everywhere. No, I understand that Which it's probably real, but I'm just waiting for them to actually get to the point of saying, "Hey, motherfuckers, we have a game for you." Here it is. I want to 
I just need to use my time a little bit more wisely. I'm going to try to do it. You guys are going to RTX. Yep. Thursday and Friday. I would like to just take those days and play. But you always say that, but then you're going to get there. You're going to wake up. You're going to go to arts. Well, you're going to do the show. You wake up to the show. Man, then you're going to go to arts. Do you're show. doing the fucking show. You're doing the show. You guys get to go on vacation like every every week. Not and I just see, have to you keep, say you that keep changing around. Is it vacation or is it not vacation? Depending on you what guys, you think of it. You guys are going on vacations mm. and I have to stay behind and do all the work. Yeah. And it just, I don't understand why I have to stay behind and then I don't understand. Well, we keep saying like one day we'll bring you, you know what I mean? One day right. when you've earned it, right. when you're one of the top right. earners, when you're one of the top. Well, I mean, like you guys go to VidCon, spend all of our money on dinners. I'm sitting here doing fucking podcasts. Yeah. So you guys don't have to do any work. Well, then you spend it all on ramen. I mean, it wasn't that much. We, we, you know, and that was, also Kevin's, that was also Kevin's idea to go to ramen three days. In Kevin's a great kid. He's too salty now. He's obviously. a great kid, but he's a kid. All right. Chaz. Uh, oh, Chaz. Two one three two zero zero five says, hey, guys, now that we basically know everything that will release this year, which games or games are you most excited for? Or you think like which the most games promising? or games? Which game or games? Oh, he doesn't, okay. He's not asking you to pick one. I feel this is a good jumping off point. Nothing is scratching your itch right now. No. What on the horizon do you see coming in? And scratching that itch, just getting all up in there, going. I'm gonna be honest with you, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, uh, Persona Five. Really? Now, now this I, is a big thing with you. You never, you felt like you, you couldn't maybe jump into Persona Five because of I Persona can't, Four. I can't. So, and this is what I was talking about with Alexa. You guys won't hear it for a while, but I was saying that I feel like such a poser with Persona that I refuse to play it unless I beat Persona Four on Vita. Like I just won't do it. Well, it sounds like you gotta get cracking. Then uh, you know what to I play. I just don't right know now. what's gonna happen or not. You know, like I just I don't have like. I don't like who has the time to play so this the game, game. You're most excited for is Persona Five, and you might not even play it. Yep. Wow. I have to be true to my fucking feelings about this guy. So I just feel like that's uh, that's the right thing to do. It's not it's not my game. It's your game. But right. I, I have no to right to be it. excited. I have no right to be excited. There's about. no. I mean, all Igor is the only connection, probably the Velvet. Sure, room. but I just I still feel like that's not a Colin move. Colin's the one that tells you, you got to play all the Uncharted games. Yeah. Right? Like I can't. I can't. I, I just won't do it. But I don't think this is the same thing. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks cool. Battlefield One looks great. Yeah, definitely gonna play that. Right. Um, I was hoping Mass Effect was coming out this year, but it's not. It's not. Not. It doesn't even uh, seem like it's gonna be next Horizon year. next year. I mean, there are games that are coming. I mean, they're coming. Sure. As sure as the winter is coming, so 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 too is a litany of games. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just I need something that speaks to me. I like reading about games every day, and I, you know, I look, I I stare at my Vita sometimes, but I just don't ever turn it on. Longingly. Um. Yeah, I'm just in one of those places where I just don't. I don't feel like games are doing anything for me right now. But I get in this place many times in my like sure. really regularly. Yeah, and then I'll break out of it and I'll start playing a bunch of shit again. Like like as happens you know several times a year. So for yeah. me, it's Lego Dimensions Year Two. That's what I'm excited. Oh, for and Lego most. Lego Force Awakens comes out too. You gonna play that? Nope. No. Oh. Sorry. I, I, this is I this care. is this is, this is your argument against the Telltale things that there's too many Telltale games. This is a Lego game that I don't care about. Telltale Batman. Looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I hear they're going to get all the episodes out before the end of the year. That's the attempt. Yeah. Which yeah. would be cool. And then start up that. I doubt that's ever going to happen, but it'll be pretty. Cool. You don't think they'll make it? Nope. No. They have a bad track track record. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They just disappear off the face of the planet. Sure. But so no, Lego Lego Star Wars, which we'll talk about, of course, in the drop, uh, is one of those games that like okay, great, glad it's back, glad it's there. No, I don't need to do that. Mm. Same thing with like, you know, I like I, you know, I did Lego Marvel Avengers, but mm. Lego Marvel, the original one, the, like mm. the PlayStation 4 launch game, I never got super deep into because like, all right, cool. This isn't my universe. I don't need to hang out here. Mm. I wish you all well with this Star Wars nerdy bullshit. Remember, it's all just metachlorians. It's all bacteria in their blood. Remember that Boba Fett was stupid and he was just a clone that wasn't programmed. Enjoy it, though. I hope you all get out there and have a great time with it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO episode 41. If you didn't know, PSI Love You XOXO is a product 
of kindoffunny.com. So go there, subscribe to the two YouTube channels, back our Patreons, look at all the other shows. You don't have to watch them, just look at them. You can go to the forums, make a name, hang out. Also, Peace I Love UXO is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. Thank you for your support. Also, it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. XO. So go there. That's when it goes up as one big video on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. Colin, two pieces of housekeeping for you. Mm. The final time I get to talk about this kind of funny.com slash road to greatness. If you go there, you can submit a video that may bring, if you win the PlayStation truck to your hometown and they'll throw you a big PlayStation party and you get to play all these PlayStation games. And when they call you and say, Hey, you won, they're going to say, also, do you care about kind of funny? And if you say yes, we get to come to your hometown and hang out with you much to Colin chagrin. Go ahead and say no. Even if you really do care about it. Yeah, us. yeah. Unless you're in, what would we say, San Mateo? If you're in San Mateo, yeah, sure. Yeah, if you're any f- further south than San Jose or any further north than Sonoma. <laughs> just, you don't just know Just don't even, you don't even pretend know you don't even care. Final time, that ends this month, so get over to kindoffunny.com slash road to greatness. And then as Colin mentioned earlier, we are, not him, but we are, the cool kids, going to RTX in Austin this weekend. So go to kindoffunny.com slash RTX to find out all about our panels, our signings, are beating the living shit out of screw attack yeah i heard screw attack talking some shit huh yeah they're a bunch of cowards though it's funny like they were they were calling me a coward or chicken for not going mm-hmm. i'm by far the most competent gamer in this group we're sending like the fucking b team to go take them on and i'm still very confident in your and you coming out victorious thank you i think you can barely fucking take two stones and bang them together you know nonetheless play a video game yeah, so yeah, some of this is true so you know i wish you guys the best these guys are a bunch of clowns there yeah so i'm not even like i don't even feel like the need to at all go sure like, I have no doubt you're going to win. Thank you. What kind of bullshit game are they going to pull out? Some fucking Nintendo PC nerd garbage. garbage. Yeah, a bunch of loser garbage things like that. Colin, mm. let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are 15 items on the list. A baker's dozen. Number one is about Inafune and my number nine. Now, instead of writing my own little thing, I wanted to go to Patrick Klepek's store in Kotaku. Scoops says mighty number nine's designer says quote I own all the problems that came with this game end quote and that's the story's name now I'm not gonna read the whole story but I am gonna read uh, pieces of it Um, basically what happened is over in Japan uh, Inafune did a stream like a launch stream for Mighty number nine and he said a bunch of things in it yeah and also Ben uh, Ben Judd who's his um, his like translator and business partner uh, also said some things so the, what's making the rounds the last week is that my number nine is not a good game. People are really disappointed. In it. It's, it looks like fucking garbage and all this other kind of stuff. And you agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it plays like garbage. I, I think it looks just it looks like shit. Um, and I just think it has no heart, no soul, no gotcha. spirit, no fucking taste, no flavor. You know, like it's just so um, here's what they said on Kotaku. It's, uh, the first thing is on players being upset and wanting to vent at the developers. Inafune says this quote. You know, I want to word this in a way to explain some of the issues that come with trying to make a game of this size on different platforms. I'm kind of loath to say this because it's going to sound like an excuse and I don't want to make any excuses. I own all the problems that came with this game. And if you want to hurl insults at me, it's totally my fault. I'm the key creator. I will own that responsibility. Look at me. I'm the key creator. now. It says how Kickstarter doesn't actually represent the whole budget. Quote. When you do the Kickstarter campaign, a lot of people don't realize this. They see a big number. We've talked about this before, but they see a big number like four million and they expect that's the actual budget. And on every single website and every single user form, that was the number that people would say. Heck, people are having a little fun with us mentioning it in the chat as well. The reality is that it's 60 percent of that and then an ellipsis. 
At the end of the day, at the end of the Kickstarter name, don't look at the final number. Imagine that being 60%. But in order to increase the content in a wide variety of ways, stretch goals are largely going to be based around new platforms, etc. You really need to be able to estimate the amount of financial burden that's going to occur on the project. Even for someone like him in Afune, because this is now Ben talking, who's worked on so many different games, it's really a hard thing to estimate. It's something to keep in mind with Kickstarters. End quote. Why making 10 versions of the game at once was a huge mistake. Quote, in many way, in my many years at Capcom, and Capcom was known for their multi-platform strategy, but never did they do ten SKUs all at the same time, ten different versions all for one title. Traditionally, this is true. I know you, and that's Inafune saying that, and I think now Judd is saying traditionally this is true. I know we worked with a lot of different porting houses. Usually, you have to base game and work on the port after the game was done. In this case, it was do the base game and do the port all at the same time. Ended up being a huge amount of work more than they actually estimated. Definitely, when they looked at the project, they were wrong about a lot of things. They underestimated how much time was work was going to be necessary. All those things create a huge amount of pressure. This is an interesting one. Whether Inafune's attention was devoted enough to Mighty Number no. 9's quality. Ben Judd says, I've seen, quote, I've seen a lot of different comments that suggested Inafune-san was only focused on being a businessman and taking the IP and making anime or manga or branching off into a lot of different directions. To your average everyday person, it's going to seem that way. But the reality is during production, the key creative pieces really happen for the first 70%. And then beyond that, it's all about doing porting and bug testing. I promise you Inafune-san's time is best spent focusing on taking this IP in new directions. Again, as I said, to be an independent studio and get a chance to your to, to own your IP, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't bring in other opportunities, which is great. I guarantee you that you want, to, you want your independent creators and developers to have their own IP. You want them to be able to take them in different directions. It gives you more choices as gamers. I 100% stand by this statement. Um... I don't know. It's kind of sad. It's super sad. And that's what was making the rounds, right? Was how dejected he looked when this stream was going on. And this is where the whole what better than nothing thing came from. Mm. It was from Ben, not from him, but still all around. Not a good thing. Ben's a friend of mine, a great guy. Not a, not a, I think he would know that immediately. Not a smart thing to say. Once it's out of your mouth. That you can't I mean, stop I say it. stupid shit all the time. Exactly. So who's, who's above reproach? Really? Exactly. Exactly. I would say literally 80% of everything you say is stupid shit. Yeah, here I am. I know. Number one PlayStation podcast. Number two. This is a long one, a very long one, but I want you to stick with me because I think it's important. It says people representing EA, Ubisoft and Take-Two all had very positive things to say about PlayStation 4 Neo, as well as Xbox One Scorpio, according to a report on GamesIndustry.biz. So I thought this was a good to pre- present a different kind of the argument from what I make. Exactly. And Instead this, of the Kool-Aid, you're always selling on the side of the right. road. And although it's I'm probably right, this fans. is this is a different perspective that I think the readers or the viewers or listeners or whatever. Somebody's should, reading this somewhere. Sure. Neo Gaff right now is transcribing this entire thing. Uh, should uh, take into account so they can make their own decisions about how they feel about these consoles. So first up is Laura Meal, who's EA's global publishing head. She said, quote, I perceive it as upgrades to the hardware that will actually extend the cycle. I actually see it more as an incredibly positive evolution of the business strategy for players and for our industry and definitely for EA. The idea that we would potentially not have an eye on cycle of an end of cycle and a beginning of cycle, I think, is a positive place for our industry to be and for all of the commercial partners and players as well. There's a spelling error. Fix it. I have an 11 year old son who plays a lot of games. We change consoles and there are games and game communities that he had to leave behind and go to a different one. So he plays on multiple platforms depending on what friends he's playing with and which he's going to play. So the idea that you have a more streamlined thor- uh, thoroughfare transition, I think, is a big win. Ellipsis. Things like backwards compatibility and the evolution. So it's not my perception that the hardware manufacturers are going to be forcing upgrades. I really see that they're trying to hold on and bring players along. If players want to upgrade, they can. There will be benefit to that. But it's not going to be punitive if they hold on to older hardware. Ellipsis. So we're thrilled with these announcements. We're thrilled with the evolution. We're thrilled with what Sony's doing, what Microsoft's doing. And we think it's phenomenal. I think it's good for players. It'll be great for us as a publisher about how they're treating it. End quote. Ubisoft's Elaine Core said, quote, the beautiful thing is it will not split the communities. And I think it's important that when you've been playing a game for a lot of years and invested a lot of time that you carry on without having to start over completely again. 
I think with the evolution of technology, it's better than what we had to do before, doing a game for next gen and a different game from scratch for the former hardware. Now we can take the best of the next console, but still have super good quality for the current console without breaking the community up. We are quite big fans of this approach. Each time there's a new machine with more memory than our creators are able to bring something new and fresh and innovative, and that's exciting for our fans who always want to be surprised. So the fact that Microsoft announced that they want to move forward to push the boundaries of technology again is fantastic news. Our creators want to go to the limits of technology to make the best games they can. So the games will be better in the years to come, which is fantastic for the industry. And it's Ubisoft, and at Ubisoft, it's also in our DNA to be supportive early of our new technology. We like taking some risks in that respect. We believe in new technology and breaking the frontiers and potentially attracting new fans and gamers in our ecosystem into our brands. And finally, the head of Take-Two, Strauss Zelnick, who makes an appearance on this podcast pretty often, said, quote... <laughs> The ecosystems aren't shifting as much. We essentially have a common development architecture now that's essentially a PC architecture. And if the console market truly is entering an almost smartphone-like upgrade curve, it would be very good for us, obviously, to have a landscape where you put a game out and you don't worry about it. Hold on a second, sorry. More spill gears? No, actually, I want to be clear that... Um, hold on a second. So after PC architecture, he says, essentially in development architecture, now it's essentially PC architecture, end quote. And then games industry says, and if the console market truly is entering an almost smartphone-like curve, quote, mm-hmm. it would be very good for us, obviously, to have a landscape where you put a game out and you don't worry about it. The same way that when you make a television so you don't ask yourself, what monitor is this going to play on? It can play on a 1964 color television or it can play on a brand new 4K television, but you're still going to make a good television show. So we will for sure get there as an industry. We will get to the point where the hardware becomes a backdrop. And sure, constantly more powerful hardware gives an opportunity, but it would be great to get to a place where we don't have to... Ha- have to have a sign curve anymore. And I do see the sign curve is flattening, but I'm not sure if I agree it's going away yet. And then an ellipsis. That doesn't change any of our activities. We still have to make the very best products in the market, and we have to push technology to its absolute limit to do so. Push it to the limit. What do you think of all of that? The limit. Uh, it's interesting. It's the normal thing, though, of like, is it PR speak? Is it them trying to play nice in, in public? I believe it to an extent. There, uh, this uh, How... how Separated from their developers, are they too? You know what I mean? They're talking about it being more of a unified PC skew, which I can see. I do believe that, you know, okay, cool. This is going to be ultra high settings on PC, Neo settings, PlayStation 4 settings. Obviously, copy that to Xbox. Uh, I think it's, we're not going to know though until these things are in the field and we see really what we have. I really think that's going to be the bread and butter. That'll be the test. That's when we can actually know. Right now we're talking. It's nice to see somebody being positive about it, acting and t- saying that it isn't a big deal. You hope it's not a big deal. You don't want developers to be a slave to these systems, to feel like they're getting screwed over, to feel like they're going to spend more time away from their families, having to sit, you know, work late nights to crunch mm, on this to mm, make it work. Mm. But is it? I don't think we'll know until we're mm. actually in the shit with it, so to speak. We're in the trenches. We'll see. What did you think away? What did you take away from it? Sounds very PR to me. Yeah. But I don't know if they really feel that way or not. You know? I think they have to say what they have to say. I'm sure you can find great quotes from all these guys about every piece of technology that's come out because they hope it works for them. But we'll see. True. Wanted to present the other side. Number three. It seems that neither Sony nor Team Eco or whatever it's called now is especially worried about the reception of The Last Guardian. The game's director, Fumuto Ueda, told GameSpot that, quote, in terms of pressure or added pressure, I don't think I feel that. And he's talking about uh, the pressure. pressure. And this quote continues... Why I say that is because from the very beginning, I felt a certain layer of pressure thanks to a lot of fans and followers from my previous games, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. They've been received very positively. So I think there's been a certain level of expectation that I've always felt. So that hasn't really changed just because we're now nearing the completion of the project. It's not that I'm overly excited just because we haven't announced the date. Obviously, myself included and our entire staff still have to work to make sure that we can hit that date. So I want to make sure that we work in great, healthy conditions so none of us are worn out and that we can hit the goal that we've set set out for ourselves. Then they make a little spelling mistake here because I actually copied and pasted this quote. Oh, the spellings. 
So I'm going to go ahead and fix that because that's bothering me. You ever start playing Letter Quest on Vita? No, not yet. Gotta get on. That's good. Yeah, you like it? I do like it. It's fun. It's um, a Letter Quest. And then he continues. So there's, uh, first of all, uh, I don't think any of you guys are worn out. You guys just taking your time. Uh, hey, man, it's a marathon, not a sprint. The quote continues with after an ellipsis. Quote, lots of people are waiting. I expect people will enjoy it when it comes out. And then another ellipsis. For me, what's most important is that I am creating and completing the game in the way that I envisioned it. And from a player's perspective, myself too, how I want the player to ex- experience this world. So as long as that stays true, that I think that's all you really need to do. All right. End quote. Meanwhile, GameSpot related an interview from GamesVault with Shuhei Yoshida in which he said, quote, Shoo? No, I'm not worried. I have confidence in the team in Ueda-san's vision. We are so excited to finally be able to play this game that needed to be out. Lots of people are waiting. I expect people will enjoy it when it comes out. Ellipsis. It took longer, especially when we made the decision to move from PS3 to PS4. A lot of engineering effort had to be redone from scratch. So that contributed to the length of the project. Now, the team is very excited to be able to show off the game, but we don't want to spoil the story, so we're not going to show too much. We want people to really enjoy the game, end quote. Now, the one thing that bothers me about this, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is not because it's not only noteworthy, but some people really bust balls about, like, you guys don't understand The Last Guardian's, like, development cycle and all this kind of stuff. Like, are, if you really believe the fucking Kool-Aid that these guys have been feeding you about this game and how everything's honky-dory and it's everything's good and they're totally thrilled to get the game out 10 years after it started, then you go ahead and believe that. I'm sure they're thrilled and to I, get it out. And and like it's just so infuriating when people are like you guys don't understand they like, had to restart it and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that that's exactly what they wanted to do. I'm sure that they wanted a game pitched to them running on PlayStation Three that the man then couldn't make work on PlayStation Three. You know, because everyone's like they couldn't. It was too ambitious for PS3. I'm like, that's fucking terrible. It doesn't look too ambitious to PS for PS3 to me. Yeah, yeah, it like, looks like a PS3 game. Um, so I wanted to uh, bring that up because people are like so like drinking the fucking Kool-Aid on this shit, man. It's like unbelievable. I mean, I feel like, They're, like they is... believe it because someone says it like they don't have to sp- like these guys don't ever spin and no offense to them, but they don't ever spin things to, and that will benefit anyone who thinks that the last guardian was a honky dory fucking production over the last decade delusional. That's all. I, that's all I want to say about uh, about that Dude. to the point where people like were leaving the studio and peeling off. Yeah, including the creator. Yeah, break. So now do you feel what, what are your odds? Give me the odds. This game's good. That it doesn't 50, disappoint. 50. Really? This doesn't disappoint? Zero percent. Yeah. One yeah. percent. Let's give it a chance. One percent that this game, it meets or exceeds everyone's expectations for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with there with you. I just don't think, I think there's been too much time, too many expectations. It's to the point, yeah, that you can't, if you're going to say something negative about this game, that's what you're going to get. When, it's just like, why are, why are people so, everyone's like, but they said this and they said this and I'm like, yeah, I know, but do we really not want to read between the lines of the producer and the director. I believe both branching off that the studio doesn't even exist anymore, that they're like an, under a different name with different leadership and all this kind of stuff. And you is working as a contractor and all this stuff. Yeah. It sounds like a really good situation over there. Just Definitely. the way they drew it up when they definitely, the mm-hmm. I'm sure that the in- intent when it was pitched in 2006, 2007 was what we're going to do is we're going to make a game. We're going to time a collection of your guys games to come out on PS3 and we're going to pretend that that wasn't timed to come out coincide with the last Guardians release date. Then we're going to what we're going to do is we're going to build it for several years and then not tell anyone about it. Then we're going to like make make it seem like it just disappeared off the face of the planet. But really, we're moving it to the next console. So we want to invest as much money as humanly possible in this game and as much time as possible. Hopefully, like about a decade, we would like to invest in this game. That'll probably last five hours. And. You know, and that that's all part of the plan. I'm like okay guys that's what you want so that's what people are Twitches arguing up. with you about that this is the plan no they're arguing they're being like that but they explain this and this and this and you guys are just ignoring this and this and this and i'm like we know all the facts as they present them to us i'm giving you my opinion on the fact that this game is seriously fucked up like yeah I, I, i'm sorry i just don't know what, like what else to tell you about it like i'm not trying to be a dickhead 
about it at all. I'm just giving you my honest, my honest impression of this. This game was announced years and years ago. And it's disappointing that we haven't gotten it yet. And it's disappointing that people are making excuses for it. Let them prove it to you. We don't have to defend it. Why is everyone so eager to defend this game? Because yep. they want it to be good. You know, they want to justify their career. They want to justify the 10 years they've spent saying this game's going to be great. Justify their Shadow of the Colossus fan. So Boom. is it going to be good? I don't know. I don't think it's a guarantee that it's going to be good. And I don't think it's a guarantee that it's going to... I think it's far from a guarantee that it's going to be anything better than good. And I think that... Well, I really do believe that Eco and Shadow of the Colossus have not aged well. I really do believe that. Sure. And... Controls and visuals? Especially Eco. Now, Shadow of the Colossus is a great game, and a lot of people like it. I think it's like not this like fucking be-all, end-all that people think it is. But yeah, the, the obtuse fucking control scheme and stuff. It's a PS2 game. Yeah. And so I just feel like they have a lot to prove. Like, a lot has happened since Shadow of the Colossus came out. A lot has happened. Two consoles came out since Shadow of the Colossus happened. PS3, the, the Team Eco and that whatever they're called now went the entire cycle without a game. And it's not like the PS3 cycle was a short one. You know? <laughs> it was uh, seven years without uninterrupted you know and longer than that because it's still going on now so i just i don't know i just i just feel like people need to i don't feel like the game should be judged based on this i think when it comes out people have to judge it based on what it is they and will I think not the, do that i they know but i think do that i know that game will be judged on this 10 year tail tailspin i know i know that but i don't think it's i'm not saying that that's fair sure, that's I'm not, not saying fair. It's fair and either. i'm gonna do my best when i play it to give you as objective of an opinion as possible within the realm of the fact that game, opinions on games are not objective but I'm going to check that bias. I want to try to check that bias at the door. I'm going to do my best to very best to do that. But I also feel like there's a lot of people that get mad and comments are on boards and forums and tweets where they're like, but you're ignoring all these facts. I'm like, I'm not ignoring anything, dude. I'm just saying what I think is pretty obvious that they didn't intend on this game taking a decade. Mm -hmm. And therefore there are serious problems with it, obviously. And if you go back and read the, about the game, before PS4 even launched and before we even knew the game when we thought the game might have never even existed anymore I just feel like you can kind of read between the lines am I right or wrong I don't know I'm just giving my my impression and my opinion on that I'd be shocked if like if everything was honky dory behind the scenes I'd be fucking shocked like how could it be it can't be these that, guys I, just that's what I don't I don't see I'm not in the boards you're in obviously you're getting the tweets you're getting that people are trying to make this case like I think it's been pretty obvious there's there was a fucking rift between Ueda and them he came back, but not even in the role he was before. And here he is trying to get this game out finally. But it's been, I mean, this game's just been gestating for so long. It's got disappointment written all over it. Yeah, no, no expectations it. are too high for it. No doubt. What will it. it be? Who knows? Will it live up to what Shadow would? Like, if this had come out three years after Shadow, maybe would it, it would it be a completely different story? Of course. But it's, it didn't. <coughs> it went the Duke Nukem Forever route, and here we are. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I hope it's great. I hope it's ten. I, I hope, I, I hope, I hope every game is great. I hope yeah. it's him, but I, I just I doubt it. Number four. Until Dawn 2 isn't, an act isn't actively in development at Supermassive Games. In an interview with GamesIndustry.biz, the head of the studio, Pete Samuel, said, quote, there's a lot of speculation about what we're doing and what we're working on right now. We're not working on Until Dawn 2 at the moment. Uh, we're working on other things, end quote. And he also confirmed the team's commitment to moving away from the Sony ecosystem. Quote, we have had a great relationship with Sony. We want to continue to work with Sony. We're continuing to work with Sony on a lot of things. There's no concern or resentment or any bad feeling. They're a really important publisher for us, and I hope that it, and I hope and expect that they'll continue to be that. We really want to push to bring those experiences, those cinematic storytelling, narrative-driven games, to be it, be it horror or not, to other platforms as well. End quote. Sony, if they weren't able to lock them down, made a huge mistake. And I'm not saying from an exclusive point of view. I think the, they had they have the fucking something with Until Dawn. Mm. Now it's important to note that Sony owns Until Dawn, and they can get another studio to make a sequel, or they make another. But I don't think that's really a smart move. Um, so there's that. But 
I'm curious about how hard pushed Sony pushed, and I really don't feel like they understood what they had with this game. Like, yeah. I still really believe that. Until Dawn is a special game. It's one of PS4's best games. And um, you have to imagine the marketing budget was originally assigned to that different game that got pushed. And then here we go. This is out, but it's too late now to go buy ad space for it, to go do this for it. With Not to mention, that was a game that I stand by the fact that we got and weren't sure 100% how great it was going to be. We got that preview build that wasn't running well. It wasn't optimized. And it was like, is it going to be Uncanny Valley? How will this play out in the end? And then they had that, you know awesome demo and things changed and you got your idea of you wrapped your head around it but it's a great game yeah and i really feel like underplayed for sure yeah i feel like i want i want more from them and i'm surprised so it doesn't matter what console it's on but it it, it, it surprises me that maybe they're just not interested maybe sony just doesn't didn't see the returns that we thought they did on the game maybe sure. maybe because that game was in development for a long time and, that might, and that, that might be the biggest part of it right that it was a critical darling but did it really move units did it do all this different stuff no they have a special something there or there they also have a quantic they they're, they're, they have quantic dream it's like and they're kind of making similar games so i i don't they're not the same by any stretch of the imagination sure. but detroit does look like a step above now what they were doing with this so but it would be nice to see a war escalation between those two studios yeah. but you still could yeah, them them going multi platform does, yeah, doesn't, doesn't mean yeah. they're not doing a game similar to that. Sure. Number five, GameSpot published a piece about Gran Turismo Sport that has some interesting updates and information about the upcoming PS4 exclusive racer. But it's actually what head of Sony owned Polyphony Digital, Kazunori Yamauchi, had to say about PlayStation Three that was truly notable. Quote: Whoa. The age of the PS3 was sort of a nightmare. We really had to deal with this situation for a while, where this is what we want to achieve, but this, but all we can do is this. So there was a lot of frustration that was built up. The PS3 hardware is something that, at first glance, looks like it's able to, to able to do this certain level of things, but in actuality, it can't. In terms of development, it was really, really difficult, and the games, after all the development efforts were put into it, were very, very low. I think it was just the balance as a piece of hardware wasn't very good. Damn. But the PS4 is so good. Yeah. This time, we're able to do and achieve what we want to do, so it's really fun, end quote. That's sounds a processor, really, man. Sounds really interesting. Never I mean, done it. Kazunori basically is a G at Sony. Yeah. And well, he's basically talking shit. I mean, that'll be the interesting thing is that I feel like Gran Turismo and Kaz in particular, right? They lost something in the PlayStation 3 generation. As long as it took for that to come out, when it did come out, it didn't have damage. It felt like it was a step behind on first release. And I think it's because I think it was pretty obvious, right? That they were having trouble with the hardware even then. That the game was ambitious and then to do it in the PlayStation 3 structure is tough. Mm-hmm. Everybody said that. And that's what I was talking about with the reveal of PlayStation 4 where Cerny's like, it's a powerful PC. We're not making the same mistakes. Here you go. And so if this can be not the re- not even the return to form in the game, but like when we were talking about release dates, I kept like scoffing at Gran Turismo, expecting it to get delayed. But that's based on what happened with PlayStation Three. It's based on what they struggled with with that hardware. Right. If they can get back to the you know polyphony of old, if they can get back to the GTA of old, you can trust them, and that's going to move systems. It's going to be yeah. this great game. More power to them. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this does. I'm rooting for polyphony because I think that there is an opening for them, especially with Evolution Studios gone now. Yeah. Um, Drive Club still sold a couple million or a few million copies, so it's not bad. But it's important to note, as we've mentioned many times, Gran Turismo Five sold over ten million copies on PS3, best-selling exclusive um, on the on the on the uh, on PS3. So Gran Turismo's sports ceiling very high. Yeah, and if they really were disappointed with Five, I know they're disappointed with Six. Six, no one gave a fuck about Six. But if they were really disappointed with Five, then I'm really interested to see what they what sport can be. It could be a return to form for them. Mm-hmm. Not that I have any insight into that series at all, because I don't. We know Chris Roper; he plays it. Yeah, he does. But it's you know it's too late for us. Osmosis, we can get that. I just put the car on the wall every time. Yeah, I remember. Po- I remember playing Gran Turismo. 
six or whatever and just like just hugging the walls that, that was like, the I worst when they were like when that we went to japan for tgs or whatever and i got to go to the studio and do a tour and play in like the real pod and they were all excited to put me in and i'm like i'm not and i don't know how to shift i'm just in the wall i can't get out of it i'm like i'm sorry i didn't mean to do this to you Casanori. number six it looks like la noir's spiritual successor horror of the orient will never see the light of day no la noir which launched in 2011 was created by australian studio team bondi and published by rockstar Team Bondi was essentially absorbed by Australian film company Kennedy Miller Mitchell after L.A. Noir's launch, and the team began work on Horror of the Orient, which was announced in 2012. Australian website founder, however, reported on a podcast appearance by Derek Proud, who worked at Team Bondi, noting that, according to Finder, quote, the team was ultimately disbanded and that game will never come out. Lame. Or a game will not come out, end quote. Full details can be found on the Game Hugs podcast. It's actually an interesting little write-up over at Finder about this, um, about the kind of the give and take with this game and the ambition of the game and kind of the, what happened with Team Bondi after you know because rockstar wasn't i don't think gonna be the publisher and all those kinds of things so um and a lot of work so one of the interesting things apparently is that and i've i i don't remember hearing this but it could be true you might remember it it's, it was a while ago that team bondi had a really hard time finding a publisher after la noir because apparently like wor- word was that working at that studio fucking sucked I like that that, that like they were like abusive or in some, I don't want to say i don't not abusive maybe like the, the, i think it was a big conditions working conditions were bad yeah yeah, yeah. And so, like, they could not get a publisher um, to work with them, which that is was, interesting. And also, the Australian games industry is dead, basically. Sure. So. It sucks that that game won't be seeing the light of day or never become anything, because L.A. Noir was interesting and had good ideas. And yeah, that it was, was definitely a game I'd like to see refined. Yeah, it was it very is, interesting. It's a love or hate it kind of game, I feel like, for a lot of people. I was just bored with it when I was playing it. Mm. And there's too many workarounds. And it was also just the, I didn't kill her. Like, okay, well, you're lying. <laughs> I can yeah, tell you're, yeah. you're having a free Yeah, I remember here. playing and I was like, yeah. I like where you're going with this. There's a lot of good ideas, mm. but no, nah, no. Nah. Number seven. A new Sonic game is in development at Sonic Team. Word comes by way of Sonic website Soa City, which translated a Fimitsu article interview with Team Sonic. Is it Sonic Team or Team Sonic? I thought it was Sonic Team, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. Takashi Izuka, longtime second employee and head of Sonic Team and publisher and producer, I'm sorry, of the Sonic franchise, said the following, quote, we at Sonic Team are developing a completely new game as well as developing a full movie actively done by Sony Pictures and animation on Sonic Boom. We are re- we are also ready to improve sponsor ties. The most important thing is not the fact that the series survived for 25 years, but how many games were developed. Our goal is to add something new and overcome any potential hardships. Okay. Wow. Sure. All right. Why not? Meanwhile, Sega's chief brand officer, e- uh, Evo or Ivo or whatever, Gersovic, told MCV via GameZone that the company is, quote, really focused on turning Sonic into an entertainment icon, not just a games icon. We want to go across all platforms and elevate his status even further, which explains why we are doing so much. Sega is really, as of this last year, putting a huge emphasis on quality, end quote. Good for them on that. Uh, jokes aside, yeah, okay. I, I, we've heard this for a while, that they want to focus on quality and get back to the roots. That, that, that's admitting you were not focused on quality before. So, yeah, okay, good. that's the right thing. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Make another Valkyria Chronicles. Bring over those. That's what we want. Good Number job. eight. Now, I'm not done with Sonic yet. Oh, okay. Do you think the Sonic game has a chance of being good? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Good. I, I hope so, too. I, I hope for my pull form. I still say the best Sonic game ever is going to be this LEGO Dimensions level. They'll put out Sonic in that. They'll be fine. Let me put it this way. Sure, lay it on If me. you're coming out publicly saying that you want to make better games and you know the games you've made, like with um, uh, Sonic Senzaru and all these kinds ah, of guys, like well, not that they the had Sonic a lot of time. Was, yeah, word yeah. is that they had no time to make those games, but um, like oh, no time, like under a year. Yeah. Um, so not a lot of time to make a game like that. That's why they're probably bad. Uh, if you're going to come out publicly and say, like, we, we know the games are bad, basically, and we want to make good games and your game sucks, then that's the end of you, you know? So sure. no one or very few people believe in Sonic anyway. And I don't think even a good Sonic game is going to make him irrelevant in even a little bit. But 
you know, more power to you. Try. I'd, I'd love to see a good Sonic game for our for our Sonic fans out there. For Tim. You have terrible fucking taste, but at least you deserve your good games. You know what I mean? It's all good. It's fine. Maybe it's the one that turns it around. It's fine. Number it's eight. It's fine, Peter. Yacht Club is continuing development of additional content for the original Shovel Knight in earnest, as well as giving Vita gamers a special treat. <gasps> in a new blog post on the developer's website, a campaign starring Specter Knight is incoming. A campaign for King Knight is also in the works. Specter Knight will launch first, then King Knight, and there are no release date details. As for Vita gamers, Yacht Club is releasing the Vita iteration in physical form in cooperation with Fangamer. It will cost $24.99 and launch in early October. You can pre-order now. Ooh. So go investigate that if you'd like. Uh, Shovel Knight's sublime on Vita. Number nine. Sony's very own exclusive MOBA, Kill Strain, under development, under development internally at San Diego Studio, finally launches on July 19th. If you are a PlayStation Plus member, you'll get it a week earlier on July 12th. Interestingly, the PlayStation blog post that made this announcement also confirmed that another free-to-play game being incubated with the help of San Diego Studio, David Jaffe's Drawn to Death, hey. is also slated for an official launch oh. later in 2016. So we'll see how that all works out. This is always our problem. This is a big experiment going on in San Diego Studio. They're always going to exist because of the MLB series, but they have a lot of experimentation. Started with Guns Up. Uh, going to kill strain sure. and now going to end with drawn to death. And we're going to see how those games do and how those arc and see if, you know, hopefully they survive. And obviously drawn to death is not being done internally. Kill strain is, and guns up wasn't either, but they were being produced by the guy who produced guns up. I think was the guy who produced sports champions. Okay. Um, Jeremy. Great job, Jeremy. Exactly. Um, Poor guy. so We'll see how that all turns out. It doesn't seem like it worked out too well for Guns Up, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, I, I, I still feel like this is a, a little bit different where Kill Strain and, for the problem with Guns Up was, hey, everybody, you can go play the beta right now and it gives you trophies and it was easy to get into and da da. There was there are hurdles for Kill Strain and Drawn to Death. Not huge hurdles. If you're interested, you can go to the websites and get in. You're playing it pretty much, but it's not being advertised and shoved down your throat in the PlayStation Store like Guns Up was in terms of like Guns Up is always on my blade. So why would I ever care that now it's officially released? Mm-hmm. When Drawn to Death is officially released, I assume that will be, hey, it's in the blog. You can go get it here. I see it somewhere. Yeah, we'll see how it all works out for them. Yeah. I'm pulling from I like those guys down there. A talented bunch of guys trying new things for Sony, which I think is, is a noble effort. I still think PlayStation strength is in the $60 game. Yeah, that's why they should make another Monday. Or Racer. in the $20 game or $30 game. Why not have San Diego Studio make some of these smaller bite-sized games? And I still don't really understand why you wouldn't charge for Kill Strain. I still believe... For the most part, not always, there are many, not many, but there are several big examples of this not being true. But generally, what you value your product at is what someone else is going to value at as well. And if you put your game out for free, then why is anyone, you know, what's the point? I, I, I just, I don't quite understand. It. I get why they're doing it. You have to, in good conscience, investigate all avenues. And that's what they're doing. Well, for these there. little, I, Drawn to Death's an interesting one. I, but if, I mean, for Guns Up and Kill Strain, it's that you hope you get them through the door and a game maybe people wouldn't have bought, but now they're going to try it. They get in, they like it. You you can convert 1% of the people who actually download it for free and try it out to get in there. And then of that 1%, we get another, we hope for 5% that'll actually buy items in it and then start generating money that way. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. We will see soon. Number 10, a major update for Street Fighter 5 is right around the corner. On July 1st, story mode finally comes to the game as well as two new characters, Ibuki and Balrog. New stages and costumes will also be released at this time. Two other characters, Yuri and Yurian, should be uh, coming soon thereafter. More information on them will be released soon by Capcom. So there's that. Balrog's kind of a surprise for a lot of people. We knew that Ibuki was coming. Dorks. Number 11, it looks like Pac-Man Championship Edition is getting a sequel, at least according to the Korean Games rating board. Twitter user LifeLower found the listing, which outed the unannounced game. The original Pac-Man Championship Edition launched on Xbox 360 in 2007 and never came to PlayStation platforms until the DX version of the game came to PS3 in 2010. Pac-Man Championship Edition DX in particular is considered one of PSN's very best digital offerings. So it's worth keeping an eye out on the sequel. And I want to reiterate, if you haven't played Pac-Man Championship Edition DX, it is fucking awesome. Great game. Great, great game. Absolutely, you should go buy it and play it. You have to plug in your PS3, but... 
And so far, it seems like everybody likes this Pac-Man 256 is out right now. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. Five as well. bucks, right? Yeah, something like that. What do you got to lose? Five bucks. Number 12. Activision and Bungie has announced the future support for Destiny on legacy consoles, meaning for the purposes of this podcast, PlayStation 3 has effectively ceased. <gasps> Quote, beginning in August 2016, future Destiny game updates and content releases will only be available on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One consoles. The PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 consoles will be considered legacy consoles and will no longer receive major updates and content releases, end quote. This is according to Bungie's official website. The website has a full rundown on how the PS3 version will and won't be supported moving forward if you're interested. So you can go check that out, Google that, because um, there are ways that it will be supported, but there are a lot of ways it will not be supported. Surprised? No. no because I think the, latest, the, the most recent update did not come to, or was not announced for PS3 at all. So it was this seems like it was it's in the time, cards. ladies and gentlemen, abandon your PS3s. They're all who went I'm here. sure they're looking at the numbers and be like, well, shoot the them into space, bury them in the backyard, take off all your photos and videos from the Vita manager, the content manager, then plug in your Vita. So one more time, you can see what a console plugged into Vita looks like because you won't see it on PlayStation 4 for some reason. Number 13. If you owned an original PlayStation 3 with Linux support, you may be eligible to cash in with Sony due to a settlement of a six year long lawsuit. The, the accord reached between Sony and the suing parties hasn't been finalized by their federal judge yet, according to Ars Technica. But assuming all goes according to Ars. plan, owners of the Linux-enabled PS3 could receive $55 each if they can prove they use Linux on the console. As people remember, in early 2010, Sony patched Linux support out of the original PS3 via the other OS feature due to security concerns. To receive $55, according to Ars Technica, gamers, quote, must attest under oath to their purchase of the product and installation of Linux, provide proof of their purchase or serial number and PlayStation Network sign-in ID, and submit some proof of their use of the other OS functionality, end quote. Alternatively, gamers can earn $9 if at the time of their console was purchased before other OS's removal, they, quote, knew about the other OS, relied upon the other OS functionality, or was otherwise injured as a consequence of firmware update 3.21 issued on April 1st, 2010. Remember that being such a shitstorm for them. Well, that's what started um, it all, right? That was the domino that led to the PSN outage. That's what the is, hackers got motivated about, they say. It was such a headache probably for Sony to deal with that, though, too. Sure. Um, just this lawsuit, because who the fuck's going to take them up on this? Like... A bunch of, a bunch I bet you I bet you they spent spent a few hundred thousand dollars or something settling this with people that actually pursue this. You have to find your it's like I'm not saying that people aren't weren't injured by it, but it's like quote must attest under oath to their purchase of the product and installation of Linux, provide proof of their purchase or serial number and PlayStation Network sign in ID and submit some proof of their use of the other OS functionality. Who the fuck's gonna reach that that level? I bet a lot of it's bullshit. I bet you could just do it. You could probably do the first part, just swear under oath, did this, don't have any other stuff. I bet they're just going to go, okay, rubber stamp, 55 bucks. What am I going to do? Sit here and argue this kid? <laughs> Number 14. Get away from us. Leave us alone. <laughs> Sony Stealth released a new PS4 firmware update a few days ago. It's firmware update 3.55, and it's unremarkable in every conceivable way. But everybody take photos of everything on your PS4 right now in case you need to do it in a lawsuit in seven years. It essentially improves system performance, and that's basically it. So you may want to turn on your PS4 on. You might want to turn your PS4 on and download it if you haven't already, so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, so there's that. Number 15, wrap up. The PlayStation 4 and PSVR game Res will launch in October of 2016. Free-to-play shooter Hawken finally comes to PS4 on July 8th. Adventure game 2064 read-only memories comes to PS4 and Vita on August 16th. That game looks pretty cool. Top-down co-op shooter Live Lock comes to PlayStation 4 on August 2nd. And finally, exploration-based action-adventure game Lost Sea comes to PS4 on July 5th. And that now, is it for the news. I give it thumbs up having not played it. I like the screenshots. I watched the trailer. I like the idea. Seems like a fun action-adventure thing. And I get in there. Beat some stuff up, get it. I missed the news about Res. That's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. There that you wasn't go. on the PlayStation blog. That was just announced randomly. That's awesome. That there you go. A reason, not a reason, I guess, but like a, f a, a resin? full game. Ah, give me a pound, dog. But a full game, a real game to play when you get your PlayStation VR, or at least when Colin gets it because he didn't order me one. I couldn't. I couldn't order you one. I was on a plane, man. I can only order one at a time. I couldn't order you one. I got mine though, so I'm good. Is it so hard for you to see that in the writing? 
call Dagan. Ask Dagan to get on his computer. Give Dagan your credit card information. Then have him buy it with yours while you buy yours. Yeah, it sounds a little cumbersome. Then I come back and I cut you a check and it's over. And I got sounds it. a little annoying. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> Colin? Yeah. I felt bad about it. But no, I, just, I don't no, think I'm, I not, I'm just giving you a hard time. Don't worry. We're right. going to get them from Sony. Anyway. I'm not worried about it. We're going to be swimming in these things. I'm going to take naked photos of Kevin in it. Colin? Yeah. I can't wait for Res. 2016 October. I'm looking forward to it as well. But I got to keep waiting. Okay. If I want to know what came to the mom and grop shops this week digitally and brick and mortar, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software. By the kind of funny companies. A lot of games. Seven Days to Die comes to PS4 digital and retail. Set in a brutally unforgiving post-apocalyptic world overrun by the undead. Seven Days to Die is an open-world game that is a unique combination of first-person shooter, survival horror, tower defense, and role-playing game. Ugh. Presents combat, crafting, looting, mining, exploration, and character growth in a way that has seen a rapturous response from fans worldwide. They had me to tower defense. I don't want to do tower defense. All right. Pixel Junk Monsters, that was enough. Oh, okay. A Boy and His Blob comes to PS3 Digital. Boy and his blob makes its triumphant return as the boy you feed blob jelly beans and watch him transform into cool and useful objects to solve puzzles and escape danger. A boy and his blob marks the remit release of this 2009 cult classic. You'll remember that this came to PS4 and Vita earlier this year. It's really good. You liked it. I don't know why they're releasing it on PS3. I guess they're seeing metrics that people are still buying PS3 games. Castles comes to PS4 digital. Castles tells the story of an ambitious King Harold whose greatest achievement will be the tower you are constructing. As the tower grows taller and taller, more and more challenges arise along with it. Featuring three different modes and more than 50 levels of randomized gameplay and story mode, you'll never play the same game twice. Never. Doodle God comes to PS4 Digital. This is uh, going to come out on the 30th, so this is a Thursday release. Mix different elements to create your own universe in Doodle God. Starting from a single microorganism, create animals, tools, and even armies. Unleash your inner god with Doodle God. Doodle God! Full Mojo Rampage comes to PS4 Digital. Full Mojo Rampage is a roguelike that takes place within the confines of the voodoo reality. I don't know what that means. In this realm, only the most powerful rights and powers can provide a safeguard against evil. Dying is not the end, only the beginning to become a stronger voodoo soul. I like voodoo donuts, so this is kind of right the same thing, you know? God Eater Resurrection comes to PS4 and PS Vita Digital. People have been waiting for this one. Facing an enemy completely immune to conventional weapons, modern society is driven to the point of extinction. One last hope remains. Following the Fenrir organization's development of God Arcs, their wielders are organized into an elite force of God Eaters. As the newest recruit to Fenrir's Far East branch, discover that in times of adversity, humans will go to any length to survive in God Eater Resurrection. Now, you know, I didn't like the original God Eater. Didn't click for me. Didn't get into it. But it's a Vita game. I feel like I got to try it. Well, you might. Well, we can get a code for you very easily. Thank you. Heart and Slash comes to PS4 Digital. Heart and Slash is a 3D brawler, roguelike, robot love story. So set in a world where machines are all that remain from human civilization. You play as Heart, a sentient robot fighting to escape the grip of the evil and all-seeing machine quasi quality assurance systems heart and slash offer players something new and challenging because it is not about mastering one system but rather adapting to what is provided and making the most of it okay jojo's bizarre adventure eyes of heaven comes to ps4 digital jojo's bizarre adventure eyes of heaven is serving you stylish tag team action realness exclusively on ps4 featuring a completely new two-on-two battle system larger arenas more characters and all dlc previously released in japan and a brand new scenario from hirohiko araki's epic series get ready to experience the house of joestar like never before do you ever play any of these jojo games they keep coming no i bought one in japan for vince when i was there last time vince is a dork lego star wars the force awakens comes to ps4 ps3 ps vita digital and retail 
In Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, relive the epic action from the blockbuster film in a way that only Lego can offer, featuring brand new story content from the Star Wars universe that explores the time between Star Wars Return of the Jedi and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Ooh, they're finally filling in the gaps. Panda Run comes to Vita out digital, 6.30 release, so it's Thursday. Help Panda survive the coming cold in this new exciting game. Grab onto the snowboard and ride to stunning adventures all over the world. It's snowing everywhere. So Panda can easily hit the slopes of Egyptian pyramids or the hills of sunny Italy. Unlock new boards, perform tricks, and break through to reap to new records. I know it's going to be terrible, but I'm gonna I'm buying that. That oh, okay. sounds great, but it's just going to be some iOS Panda game, I'm sure. But it's on Vita. I got to do it. Pharaonic comes to PS4 Digital. Pharaonic is an unforgiving side-scrolling action RPG set in ancient Egypt. Explore a vast kingdom full of dangers and brutal enemies while you find the truth behind Amosis One, the Red Pharaoh. Only the most audacious warriors will have any chance of success. Prison Architect comes to PS4 Digital and Retail. Take control of the bu- of building and running of a maximum security prison as the critically acclaimed Lock-Em-Up arrives on PS4. Acting as both architect and governor, you control every detail of your prison, from building new cells to facilities to hiring staff and creating reform programs, all while dealing with informants, contraband smuggling, gang warfare, full-scale riots, and more. Now, I was thinking about this when I saw this because I have a code for it. Yeah. Isn't this like the third prison game to come out in like a year? Like, where do these games come from? Who the fuck can't? Who, like, where do these games just randomly prison come Architect from? Prison Architect has been out for a while. Justin Davis and I at IGN did PC Let's Plays of it. Uh, and then it's just slowly limping out. But yeah, then it's mixed in with the escapists. The escapist is doing its thing. Like, I'm not saying it was the first or the last. I'm just saying it seems like there's a lot of these there games. Are. There is. You know how it is, though. One hits, another comes, something happens. Maybe they were both in development at the same time. They're a little bit different. One, you're trying to escape. One, you are the governor, which I would call the warden, but whatever. Resident Evil 5 comes to PS4 digital. Oh, governor. One of the most popular Resident Evil titles comes to PS4 and 1080p with an increased frame rate featuring single player and co-op modes and a dramatic storyline. This fully loaded release includes all previously released DLC and the previously PC exclusive No Mercy mode, as well as the new no mode, Mercy. The Mercenaries United. Spy Chameleon comes to PS4 Digital. It's out on Thursday. Don't let the comic book look fool you. Being a good RGB agent requires a lot of talent. Spy Chameleon is an arcade puzzle game where the player must avoid being seen thanks to a chameleon's ability to change colors and camouflage. Oh. Star Ocean Integrity and Faithlessness comes to PS4 Digital and Retail. Not hearing very good things about this, by the oh, way, for people that are excited about it. Star very Ocean. disappointed about that because I was going to play it, but I'm not going to now. Star Ocean, the epic sci-fi RPG saga that takes players to the stars and beyond, makes a triumphant return with the fifth installment in the series. The title is developed by Triace, the celebrated studio behind each of the previous iterations, with character designs by Akiman, Street Fighter series. Could have done a better job of explaining it. Sterendin... Steriden. Like, you, know, you know Star Ocean. I it's know that. Star Ocean, but a it's lot of that. people... Just get it. Steriden, it comes to PS4 Digital. Steriden is a frenetic and chaotic space shooter carved into bu- big, beautiful pixels with insane boss battles. Embark big, in your ship pixel. and engage the fight against dreadful space pirates in a never-ending combat for your survival. The Technomancer comes to PS4 Digital oh, and Retail. People have been talking about this one for a long time. The Technomancer is an action RPG set on Mars. Feature, fe- I'm sorry, feared and respected by all. The Technomancers are fearsome warriors trained to fight from a young age. You are on the verge of completing your initiation right to become a fully-fledged Technomancer yourself, but will you survive long enough to uncover the mysteries hidden in Mars' dusty embrace? I won't. And finally, a game people are super fucking excited about, and that I hear is very, very good. Zero Escape Zero Time Dilemma ah. comes to Vita, digital and retail. Zero Escape Zero Time Dilemma features diabolic new puzzles and fully animated story sections that push the boundaries of interactive storytelling. Newcomers and familiar faces round out a robust cast of characters, while English and Japanese voiceovers, voiceover options flesh out the narrative. Multiple endings and nonlinear story mechanics will keep you coming back for more. Hearing very good things about it again. I remember this is what the third in the series or whatever for the Vita. Yeah, it's nine nine nine, and then um, Virtue's last Virtue's last reward, yeah. and then Zero Time Dilemma. I remember uh, our friend Mike Mitchell. Was a big fan of these. Mm. I remember trying to play one of them and just did not work for me. Not for everyone. Nine 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 is not even on Vita. Um, I think it's a three DS game or a DS game. Yeah, Virtue's Last Reward was the one that jumped over here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Cool. It's getting a retail release. So that's it for the upcoming games.
Time for topic of the show. Tots, 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 tots. This one comes from Exion over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ where you can post your questions for us. And sometimes it becomes topic of the show. He says, hey, Greg. And of course, Colin. Hello. Oh, he said to wait three seconds for you to reply. And then I had to shake my head if you didn't. But you did it. So good job. You're welcome. Good job. You're uh, welcome. I've been a long time Swedish fan since the beyond days. But only today. A long did time I come Swedish fan, huh? Yeah. I, you know what he's writing it yeah, I'm yeah, just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. but only today did I come here to post my first ever question and potential topic of the show dots, dots, dots. I've been playing the last of us remastered on grounded difficulty I miss having ammo to celebrate the three-year anniversary of my all-time favorite video game which shook the gaming world back in 2013 I also rewatched Colin's review spot on as well as the game of the year video including both of you at IGN in them both you collaboratively present com- collaboratively present the notion that the last of us has raised the bar and set the standard for games to come and I quote you Greg Miller in 2013 quote 10 years from now you can point back to the last of us and say that's as good as it got in 2013 end quote while 10 years have not passed Greg three years have which means that we are first now seeing the and the polished and expansive games that started production after the boulder that is the last of us first hit the pound boulder hit the pound some is, that Swedish Swedish? Right is that some Swedish? Mm-hmm. I thought they just did fish stuff. Exclusives like Days Gone, Horizon, and even the new God of War's presentation seem to take obvious inspiration from Naughty Dog's post-apocalyptic masterpiece. Therefore, I ask you, now that years have passed since the groundbreaking melding between emotional story and captivating gameplay dominated our headlines, in what ways are we now seeing the effects of The Last of Us have had on the gaming industry, and how does it look to affect things moving forward? Thanks for making my bus rides more interesting. Good question. And... Tijinar to fellow Swedish listeners. It's a Tijinar, word. my friends. And then, si- and then he says, Simon Torvit, a.k.a. X, X Rainbow Dash, but it's E-X-C-E Rainbow Dash. And then he says, please shoot. Hey. All right, that's, what, that's, dot, enough. Dot, dot, that's dot. enough. Colin, mm. are we seeing the effects of The Last of Us, you think? I think so. Although I, I think it's a little more subtle than you would think. I think because I do really feel like <laughs> The Last of Us is a perfect storm of talent and vision and timing yeah. and a late PS3 game that got a lot of attention and acclaimed studio publisher that's getting behind the game. I mean, there's a lot of different things that 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 combined. In my experience, I have not played a game better than The Last of Us since The Last of Us came out. Mm-hmm. That I can say with absolute certitude. Um, so, are we seeing it? Sure. It, it's just it's hard. It's gonna be hard for studios to achieve that. Sure. Not because it's necessarily a deficit in talent, although some studios certainly have a deficit in talent compared to Naughty Dog. I think it's obvious. That's not an insult to anyone. Um, that's just obvious. But because it takes time and nurturing and patience and all that kind of stuff to hit upon a game like that, and I don't think a lot of people are. As, I don't think a lot of publishers are as, are as patient with their their developers as Sony is with Naughty Dog. My argument would be that you're seeing it right now, and the tone games are allowed to take, and the fact and focus on story. I feel like I we always talked about The Last of Us being a I did at least, and especially in this video, right, is like this turning point of like what I was my silly putty analogy for games, right, that it's getting tugged out in all these different directions. Thus, there's a game for any mood you're in. I think just glancing yeah at god of war and the way they're doing storytelling and talking to Corey and the uh, subject matter of you know create this is the next step in kratos and yeah he's still angry but he's trying to keep that down he's trying to raise this child and how are we going to do that and like that's an adult theme that i feel like if last of us came out and 
critically panned or didn't wasn't a commercial success and all these different things people wouldn't be ready to take chances on i think it's the same thing you see with call of duty infinite warfare where they went and got to you know people from naughty dog to come over and write the story for that game right because they're like okay and then granted it's still gonna be call of duty i assume you know we're in space we're shooting the shit out of everything but the fact of maybe we can go in and we can tell a story that is more substantial that we can get in there and focus on and uh, give you something to care about. And days gone, of course, uh, post-apocalyptic again on the surface. It looks like that. But even the trailer, the debut trailer that before the gameplay was about Sam Witwer's character's relationship with that girl and life beforehand. And that's very last of us, but that can also be applied to any zombie game. Kind of, mm. you don't see state of decay used that way. You never saw dead rising done that way. Those are games that are in a different, era genre or uh, focus and even same thing with Resident Evil Resident Evil never was about like theoretically Resident Evil should have been like Dead Space 2 right or like where Leon Kennedy is a shell of a man or whatever Chris Redfield all these people are just like rocked to where they don't want to be a part of anything anymore and they're trying to get away from society rather than still running into the craziness yeah, I feel like uh, yeah, I feel like there's going to be thematic kind of elements that you're going to find in these games too. I mean, the thing about The Last of Us that really has ruined a lot of games. I mean, The Last of Us in a lot of ways has ruined what Ben is trying to do with with Days Gone, or at least at least not maybe ruined it, but certainly injured it because everything's going to be compared to what does it best. And even though the clickers aren't zombies per se, and the the, the freakers, freakers aren't, aren't zombies, zombies per se, se, like everything's always going to be kind of compared to that. And I think rightfully so because you're doing something very similar. So I think. If anything, you see, I would be interested to see if there was a cooling effect or a chilling effect at studios when they see The Last of Us and they're like, our pre-production zombie game is like, no, sure. no, you know, like we're not doing that. Um, I So I think that they, I think it goes both way, both ways. I think you're, I think Naughty Dog's great work. And I think the same can be said with Uncharted 4, which is a, a superb game as well, that it gives everyone else pause about this is what you can do. Um, what are we doing? But what? Yeah, what are we doing? And and I just feel I've said it before, and I, I'll say it again. And it's not a disrespect. I know so many people at other studios and very talented people that are totally very you know talented enough to work at Naughty Dog, or whatever. Just that, that particular collection of men and women at Naughty Dog are really embarrassing everyone else in terms of the potential of telling stories and engaging a gamer. No one does it like them. No one does it like them, and no one's done it like them since Uncharted Two. And Uncharted Three was the same way, and The Last of Us was the same way, and Uncharted Four is the same way. Those games are almost unbeatable. Are they beatable in terms of mechanics? Sure. Are they beatable in terms of aesthetic? No. Are they beatable in terms of characters? No. Are they beatable in terms Total of package? Yeah. No. Not even close. Yeah. Like and that's why when Uncharted Four was coming out, I'm like, I have no doubt this game's gonna be anything s- below just stellar. And it was a slow burn, but I loved it. You know, I think The Last of Us is a better game. But as long as Naughty Dog can contain, can control that that upper echelon of people that are helping direct these games, then I have full confidence that they're gonna continue to set the trends. But I think that those trends can be read not only in what you see in games, but what you don't see in games and what you don't see studios try to do because why try to do what the masters do so well? Mm-hmm. You're just going to embarrass yourself. Yeah. So it's like it's like someone's going and trying to make a Ubisoft checkbox game. They're not gonna do it as well as them. They're not gonna make a Far Cry as good as Far Cry. You know, and you're not gonna make an Uncharted as good as Uncharted, you're not gonna make a good and the last of us as good as the last of us, so don't bother. You have to make your own game. So I think you're kinda so I want people to think about it in a different way. Not only are you seeing elements in games that are inspired by the the stoic kind of dark nature of the last of us and the crafting and all that kind of stuff. I was gonna say and, I feel and, like and the quick limit. craft is definitely a gameplay mechanic yeah. you're seeing more than ever from last of us. But I also think you should read into what you don't see. Because why compete with them? Yeah. You can't. Because they're the gold standard. When someone really I mean, look at it this way. It's very rare when you have a situation like what Witcher 3 did the Fallout 4. It's very rare. You know, these guys come out of fucking nowhere with a game that really, I think, embarrasses Fallout 4 on a pound to pound basis. 
I don't think I think you have to look at both games and, and it doesn't mean Fallout 4 is bad. It means Fallout 4 is great. It just means that, you know, CD Projekt has said, like, we are we're going to raise the bar now over what was these guys were the Western role playing game masters. Now we're the Western role playing game masters. Now we're the team to beat. You're going to see that happen in Naughty Dog? I don't think so. Yeah. But maybe I would fucking love to see that. That war of escalation would be nothing but great for gamers. And would certainly light a fire under Naughty Dog's ass. But I don't think that anyone lights a fire under their ass except for themselves. You know, and I feel like I feel like the closest ones in terms of that would be. I mean, like they're doing something different, but I would say Crystal Dynamics, right? They're chasing Naughty Dog and sure. Uncharted and all but that. They're but they're, they're making a different. They're making a different game. That's too. what I'm saying. Like that, you know, I haven't played this new Tomb Raider. I'm gonna wait until it comes to PS4. I've, I've been saying that for a year, and or I guess a year by the time that comes out. Yeah. Um, but I've watched you play it pretty extensively, and I've seen a lot about it. It's not. It's not Uncharted. You yeah. know, and they're doing their own game. I'm super excited to play it because I actually feel like it has some of the exploration elements. The the non-linearity to ascent and the kind of things that I look for in games that Uncharted doesn't have. Uncharted started to kind of fuck with those when you give you these wide open locations that you can kind of explore. Drive the have, Jeep yeah. around, go underneath the waterfall, stuff like that. Pretty cool stuff, but not what I'm looking for necessarily. So there are teams that can give you disparate elements that will make the game better. And I do think Crystal Dynamics is on that, that level to do that in some ways, but they'll never reach. I'd be shocked if they ever reach the pinnacle of what Uncharted has been. Um, but I hope they do because that would be fucking phenomenal for us as, yeah. as a player. Um, so, yeah, I think that you can. So, again, I think you can only read into it so much about what you see. And I also think you can read into it a great deal about what you don't. Okay. Yeah. Colin, what do you see I have for me for trophy time? Uh, there are a few games. I want to start with Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens. After that, can you please do Panda Run? Because I'd like to know what's happening with the Panda Run trophy. I didn't see it on there, but I can look. Let me see. I'm, I'm going to look for you right now. Thank you very much. Panda Run, of course, coming to Vita. Oh, Tuesday. no, it's here. All right. So, PS Vita. Uh, seven bronze, four silver, one gold. Okay. Out of the way is a bronze trophy. Hit 50 snowmen. Pick up 50 food bonuses. Perform 100 tricks. Gather 1,000 coins. Collect 1,000 stars. Jump high 100 times. Okay. Collect 100 stars while flying the rocket. Hit 20 snowmen while flying the rocket. Collect 300 coins while flying the rocket. Freeze on level eight. Get to level eight. Get 1,400,000 points. Thank you very much. That helps me out. Those are all the trophies. on my panda run snowboarding moves as a panda. Now, Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens on PS4 and Vita have different lists. Because they're so the, different games again. So the PS4 version has 40 bronze, 6 silver, 3 gold, and 1 platinum. You get a bunch of platinums for completing all the chapters. There's 10 of those. Complete Luke's Island. Complete the Battle of Endor. Complete Poe to the Rescue. Complete uh, Lore Santeca's Return. So there's a bunch of like completing things for bronze. Right. The complete levels. The Force Awakens. You get a gold trophy. Complete the new Star Wars Adventure levels. You get a gold trophy. Obtain True Jedi in any level. Complete uh, all mini kit or collect all mini kits. Collect all mini kits in a level and, and all mini kits in a traditional game. Lego trophies. Mm -hmm. um, complete all the first order missions. Complete all the resistance missions. Complete all the bounty hunts. Complete all the races. Complete all the scavenger missions. Achieve one hundred percent completion as a gold trophy. Purchase all red bricks. Obviously, a silver trophy. Create a custom character. Collect true Jedi on all levels, which might not be the easiest thing. Although once you get all the multipliers, yeah, you just get, get your red bricks first. Don't try, don't worry about getting true Jedi on the first playthrough. Defeat 100 TIE Fighters, etc., etc., etc. As Kylo Ren, Force Freeze, another character. Defeat Kylo Ren playing as Darth Vader as a trophy. What's it, what's That's it called? called Show Me Grandfather. Ah. Family Reunion, have Kylo Ren and Han Solo in the same party. Traitor, defeat Finn using FN2199, which is Finn's designation it's as a Stormtrooper. It'll be his in the Stormtrooper outfit. Um, Stormtrooper Syndrome is a bronze trophy. Miss your target 10 times in a blaster battle. That's funny. Chewie were home, play as Han Solo Classic and Chewbacca on the Millennium Falcon. Anything else is a bronze. Destroy all computer terminals in Starkiller Shield Room as Kylo Ren. And then so Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens on Vita has 38 bronze, 8 silver, 3 gold, 1 platinum. 
And so trophies for completing um, a bunch of different missions, the same one as you would see there, collect mini kits, mini kit collection, all mini kits, all red bricks, um, 50 million Lego studs, which is not the other one it looks like. Um, complete a blaster battle, rebuild a multi-build, defeat 100 TIE Fighters. So there's some crossover there. So similar, but not the same. Exactly. Uh, that game, Pharaonic, uh, the side-scrolling role-playing game, has 46 bronze, 9 silver, 1 gold, 1 platinum. Mm-hmm. These look like uh, some story-driven ones. So arrived at the Nile Delta, a rich and fertile region, got to the Royal Quarry where stone abominations roam free, etc., etc. Killed the Warden, Tyrant of the Sacrificial Dungeons. Killed Senan, Captain of the Set Mount. So these seem like they're mandatory. But then there are ones like defeat the Warden with your torch, kill an enemy with a fishing rod, defeat a boss without getting hit, um, save 40,000 silver cadets, reach level 5, level 10, level 20, level 30. Etc. So a lot et cetera, of etc. So a lot of mandatory ones. This has a, a huge, uh, as you heard, a huge quantity of bronze trophies. Um, and then Risk Urban Assault, which I'm not even sure has been announced yet. So Risk coming to PS4. Does this excite you? Not really, because Urban Assault's not not the Risk I love. Twenty bronze, zero silver, zero gold. Capture a town hall. Draft one thousand troops. Complete a game with each of the five factions. Destroy one one thousand enemy troops. Destroy one hundred troops with missiles. Complete a game in Risk League mode. Win an online multiplayer game, win 30 mayoral elections, spend 100 stars, buy 20 facilities, etc. So those are all the new notable trophies for this week. Um, and that's basically all I have to say about that for now. Colin, mm. let's begin reader mail. Mail a top cocktail. With a spirited mail rant. Of course, this comes from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where you can go submit your question or rant and maybe get on the show. This one comes from VitaGuy23. Hey, Colin and Greg, just wondering, and this is hyperbole, but I really don't give a shit. Can everyone please stop saying the fucking PS Vita is dead? Please. If you don't like the games that are releasing on it, Japanese, indie, etc., that's fine. Whatever. But the system is not dead. Great games are still being released on it. In fact, I can list 20 upcoming games that I'm excited for right now off the top of my head. I just read an article on Destructoid about some games at E3 that are coming to Vita. The gist was that it doesn't matter because it's dead. Jared Petty from IGN, parentheses, whom I love, by the way, has an article about Shrin the Wanderer. Did I say that right? Shrin? Shrin? Shrin the Wanderer. Being the last great Vita game. How many last great Vita games is that now? Five? Ten? Freedom Wars was the last great Vita (laughs) (laughs) The Taco Master. The Vita is my favorite handheld of all time gba second and it's just a shame that it's always been and still is dismissed by just about everybody except vita island thanks for your time gary ps i love you xoxo he actually said vita but you're absolutely vita. right i mean people that talk shit about vita a run the risk of getting just absolutely fucked up by lola but b secret police on vita island um i feel like we have to just shut out the rest of the world with vita it's fine Everybody else can be stupid. I'm like the guy in it. Iraq that's like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, but I really do feel like that the, con- the the handheld rather is is not thriving. It never thrived. It's no. just it's just it is what it, it is. is what it is. But p- you have to read you have to read between the lines, man. Like smaller companies that have no, little room for error will not keep releasing these Vita games, especially at retail, if they're not selling. Zero Time Dilemma is a great example. You think that they had to bring that to Vita? No. No. Like they probably looked at how well Virtue's Last Reward sold and people are going to buy that game. You think that uh, Drinkbox had to bring fucking uh, Severed over to Vita and, and launch with on Vita first? No, but they didn't. And I think it paid off for them. 
So like it, people are buying goodwill. games. Well, that's what we've that's always been the case with Vita. We talk about the, too. We've talked about the attach rate before and the fact that if people own a Vita, they buy games for it. When Vita games do come out, I think they're still there. Uh, I have a question here that I want to go off of. It sounds like the one we said we wouldn't do anymore of do I need to buy a Vita, but it's no, got an E3 I twist can't, to it. I can't. Kent, Kent B says, hey Colin, hey Greg. I just recently got back into gaming and I'm interested in getting a PS Vita. I want something to play when my kids take over my PS4. With the lack of PS Vita coverage at E3, do you think there is much future for the handheld? Enough future to justify putting the money down for it. Is buying a house on Vita Island worth a worthy investment? I'm a new listener. Really enjoy this show. Kent. Again, you can't buy a house on Vita Island. It's too late. We've closed down the borders. But I don't I don't read into the E3 problem. You know what I mean? I understand Jer- Jared's article. Or this is the last, Could this be the last great Vita game? Of course, that's a headline. That's a, I remember writing those at IGN all the time, too. But I played, a, I played a Vita game or two at E3. They were there just in like, you know, I had to go behind closed doors with NIS to go do stuff or go see stuff. Uh, exceed. Now, I think you what you're talking about is what it's always been. Vita isn't thriving. No, Vita is not a thriving platform. It is a platform that games come to that I want to play that I enjoy playing on the uh, on on the plane. Some guy tweeted me uh, a comment from Gamescast like 20 or whatever, where I was like, oh, there's too many Vita games to play right now. He's like, man, wish that was right now. Huh? And I was like, nope. So way too many games. I have on a my shit Vita. ton of Vita games. So many unstarted Vita Nuclear games. Nuclear Throne, like all these games. Where I'm like, I, what am I even going to get to this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't read in. I don't. I wasn't as doom and gloom about the Vita E3. I think it plays into the 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 uh, structure and the schedule and the calendar Vita or that Sony has now, where it's like, no, we're not going to waste booth space at E3 for Vita games to be there. And guess what? Ninety percent of the mainstream outlets wouldn't touch them with a ten foot pole. No one's going to go through and give these games a shot because all they want to do is talk about the fact that it doesn't exist, that this this system isn't is dead, that no one there is playing it, so on and so forth. It's about getting these into the hands of fans. It's about making those announcements when fans and Vita Island. Residents are in the audience and that's PSX PSX is going to come out and there's going to be a bunch of Vita stuff again. They'll probably make a bunch of jokes about it as they you know, as Gio Corsi is prone to do when he's up there in a hockey jersey, but that's when you'll hear more about it. Vita, we talked about this I think in the topic or the show we did where it was like, so you want to buy a Vita. This is the Vita. This is the Vita life. The, the Vita, you are not going to have a destination PlayStation event where, okay, I'm Todd Howard and we are finally putting a fallout on Vita and this is what they, here's, you know, here's God of War on Vita. That's shit. That is gone. That's never going to happen. That's not your salvation. Your salvation is a bunch of great indies coming to it. Downwell coming to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some great Japanese games coming to it. Yeah, I feel like, I just feel like um, the tale, I thought it was concerning that it wasn't at E3 at all. I do think that that's weird. That's the first time since 2000. Uh, I just think they understand that uh, that that show now. I, but I do. I feel like to be fair, 2010 was the last time at E3 with no Vita at Sony's at Sony's booth. So that was sure. a little weird. But I think you're right that depending on how it's treated at PSX will tell you everything you need to know. If it's really like Persona non grata at PSX and it's done. Yeah, but it's not going to be. I have it on good authority that Sony is still looking at games. I know for a fact that um you know, uh, third parties are bringing games to Vita. There's a lot of them. I mean, there's a lot of them. So yeah, coming yeah, to Vita. Star Wars Lego today. So it's like, and that's a good example too. Now is, is, is the porting of a 3ds game to the Vita that expensive is it? the fact is, is that they keep bringing these Lego games to Vita. And I remember when they first started, I'm like, this cannot possibly last. And they keep coming, which tells me that they're selling an acceptable amount of copies on Vita yeah. of every one of these fucking games. So you have to kind of read, read into that. Not only companies like WB and all these guys that, uh, or you know, the Activisions of the world when they brought Spider Man over, all of them that bring over, um, you know, some of their big games, they have room for error. But I really do think you can read a lot more into the low end Axis, Idea Factory, um, all these guys, NIS that definitely XC. don't XC that definitely don't have 
margin for error. They just know where their audiences. They know where their audiences, and they know that one of these games can fucking break them too. And so, the, and they still continue to bring them over, and they're coming, and they're good. And yes, the Vita relocation program is real. Yeah, well, by we'll the way, it. yeah, people are asking that it's real. It's Greg's idea. I'm going to take credit for it. Now, um, Tom Hawkins marked this. Now we'll have more information on that in the near future. Yeah, once we're out of this convention season, which is the final. I one love the week. idea. Kind of funny. That I also can't. RTX. I want the Vita to die just so we can do the Viking funeral for Viking funeral for it as well. But that'll be funny in two years. No yeah. one, by the way, no one better fucking steal that idea. Just well, I don't think know. we nobody even knew about it. So we said it right now. No, we've said it before. So now there you go. We said it a million Everybody's times. Everybody's gonna steal it. We've said it a million times. Marty's was putting in his little dream journal right now to act like he came up with it. Okay. Well, we have audio uh, and video uh, proof that it's my. And, uh, we'll be cruising at a. Just like I made up the term "gameplay is king." You did make that up. Bh. Edge 615 wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question read and says, hey, you magnificent fellas. So I finally started The Witcher 3 after months and months of playing games such as Destiny and The Division, and I had a question about character creation and your preferences with story-based games. With Witcher, we get Geralt, a character to get involved with and invest in, as opposed to the hyper-customization of many Bethesda games like Fallout. Questions. Do you guys like having a specific character as in The Witcher or do you like over customization of the many Bethesda games or is it somewhere in between like Mass Effect where we get a static character Shepard with options to make your own character interested to hear your thoughts Brad from NC PS I love you guys PPS Colin will always be right Colin when it comes to character creation where do you fall I mean I fucking hate it but I, but I do think that Mass Effect is the perfect is the perfect balance of like if you want that option you have it I use Shepard male Shepard bald head classic Shepard yeah and that's my character. That's like the shepherd I think of, you know, now yeah. I've, I've messed around, made some fucking grotesque shepherds just for fun, as we all have. Yes. And I did the same thing in Bloodborne, for instance. But I my personal Galvatron. preference is that like when you Galvatron, when you when you make a game, tell me your story with your characters. I don't want to be the proxy and I don't want it to be my story. It's not fucking Zelda. I don't want to be like, a, you know, like. That kind of shit annoys me a little bit where I'm like, just what is your story? What are your characters? You can give me choices. I can have agency. People kind of need to remove the fact that like you, you don't lose any agency by not having character creation. You don't. Mm-hmm. They're still going to play exactly what you wanted the game to play. It's just like I liked Witcher's. I liked Geralt. I thought he was an interesting character. I, I, I knew, I'm not playing as me. I'm not I'm not a fucking N7 guy. I'm playing as Shepard. So who is Shepard? You tell me it's your game. Yeah, that's like always been my whole argument. So I hate character customization. I fucking hate it. I like character customization, but I do feel when I sit back and talk about things that I love and like my experiences with Fallout or my experiences with whatever, it's not so much. I here's a great. Yeah, my Fallout RPG experience, right? Of going through and I'm playing as Taylor Swift or whatever, like or Clark Kent when I did Fallout Three. It's fine. I don't think about it, right? Because it is first person. I am making these choices. It's more like I have to see how it's going to play off the other characters, where it's going to go. Uh, I think when I think about great characters, I do think about making choices in game, or I, making choices. But yeah, it's my shepherd, right? That like was just Fem Shep before Fem Shep was Fem. I, I always played Fem Shep, and all I ever did was make her hair red. And so then when they made that, we became like default Fem Shep. I was like, hey, awesome, great. But that was great. But then I think of like Cole from Infamous, where I'm making choices. I'm like, I love Cole and I loved that character and I loved having that story told wherever it went. I think I'm not a choice based game, but Joel in The Last of Us, right? Like I loved that. I would never want to sit there and create my own Joel and have Troy just voicing whoever. Yeah, I do think that it's good to give that option for people that like it. If yeah. that's what you want to do and that's what you're you're predisposed to do in your game. Because some people like it. I don't presume to speak for everyone yeah. at all. I speak for myself. But I also feel like, yeah, the resonance of Cole is way more powerful and infamous because you're playing as him, you know, like yeah. you're, but he's still Cole. And 
I think it just inherently makes the story more powerful when it's not like you're whoever you want to be and blah blah. I'm like, like well, I don't want to do it's that. It's interesting because he pulls in when he starts. He talks about Destiny and Division never comes back to it. And what I was thinking about when I was going through like great character customization stories, right, is for me Taylor Swift and DC Universe Online. But that was because that's a game based on gear. And same same thing with the Division, where every you know for like the first couple weeks of playing the Division every night, I'd go through all my new clothing options and change my outfit and stuff because I wanted to look cool. But that's not a game based on making a choice here's my dialogue this is how it's going all those games and you were looked so fucking cool man. i looked so fucking cool are you kidding me on all those games changing the color taylor swift's outfit having the red s the black everything else the black domino mask that was what it was about in dc universe online that's what it was that all matters. about mm-hmm. but when for an rpg i guess i would prefer yeah but i'd prefer this is the character build them out how you see fit but it's also because we're comparing bethesda ones like skyrim where I didn't play Skyrim in third person because it looked wonky. But aren't the character like aren't, don't don't Bethesda games suffer from a little something as well as like you're the dragonborn or whatever in Skyrim or you're like the wastelander, the wanderer or whatever the fucking Fallout. And it's like cool, but wouldn't it be more exciting if I had like a little more, yeah, reason to be like in Fallout Three? It's like your dad is. Blah, I'm like, well, I don't even know who the fuck I am. Well, that's you know, problem. like I mean, no spoilers, but I mean that's even the thing with Fallout Four is that the re- they tried in Fallout Four to do it a little bit. Sure, and they go they do the third person cutscenes, which I appreciated, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing of like that's the problem of I don't really I'm making these choices and doing this thing. It, it but the story and the characters around me aren't interesting enough to make me really care. I'm interested in what happens with like I go into this wor- this uh, room and a death claw pops out and how's that happen? Da da da. Whereas with fallout it was all about my character interaction why i love fallout 2 so much is like how great that supporting cast is jacob what's going on with her when i go off on this mass way? effect 2 that's what i thought i said I, I thought you said fallout 2 i might have well i'm sorry mass effect 2 when i what's happening with jacob could be wrong though what's happening having with a stroke Jack? no you're fine stroke. you're probably right colin's usually right hashtag uh but it's about the characters around me supporting that story and really doing the heavy lifting and in fallout 4 i didn't think that happened and so then it is and like my motivations in fallout 4 I'm like i guess I guess I should find that, mm. but I really just want to go around and get to level 50 and get a lot of bottle caps yeah. and get cool armor. I'll reiterate that Mass Effect does it perfectly, I think. That's why Mass I'm so excited. Right. I can't wait to play Andromeda. I'm really so disappointed that um, it's not happening for us right now. You know, But when it does come... If the trilogy comes to PS4, I'd probably play it all again. Okay. Yeah. Sir Charles Xavier writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and says, Hi, Colin Hello. and Greg. Hello. Now that we know Insomniac is working on Spider-Man for PS4 rather than Sucker Punch, when do you expect we're going to hear about what Sucker Punch is working on? It has been a little over two years since Sucker Punch released Infamous Second Son. They are thus presumably well in development on their next project. I know in a previous episode, Colin mentioned in passing that Sucker Punch was not ready to announce their next title. Do you guys have any insider insight into why this might be the case or perhaps what they might be up to? Thanks, Charlie. Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. Well, here's my here's my take on it, Charlie, Charlie. Sucker Punch. Um, my instincts tell me Sucker Punch is making a new IP. Yeah, that takes more time in the pre in the pre production stage. It was um, what, la- not this past E three, but E three twenty fifteen, where Shu said he had played right. He game, played right. But he probably played something in Alpha. a prototype, and it's and it's could not. It might not be what they ended up doing. Hundred um, percent. My so what I think is that. My first thing was like E3 next year, but I think it might be sooner because they do have to have something at either Gamescom or Paris Games Week that's big, a big exclusive, and it could be their game. I mean, they're, the thing now about the situation with the studios is that everyone's cards are pretty much on the table now. So yeah. so what, do they want to keep something secret? Maybe. Could it be big second party exclusives that they announced? Probably, as well as that, since that seems to be like uh, their modus operandi this generation as well. But um, you're right. Uh, second Son came out in 2014. Um, it will be 
2017 by the time E3 happens next year. So I think that no further away than E3 next year will you hear about their game. See, my prediction would be E3. I think that Paris Games Week, Gamescom would be all well and good, but I think then they run the risk of what you were talking about for E3, where they're just announcing too much, too far out, no release dates. What are you doing? PSX, I think you pass on, of course, because Sucker Punch is now up there. You know what I mean? They were the PlayStation 4 reveal event. Nate got to come out and fucking deliver an awesome speech and show a cool trailer. I think they're on that level now. So I think that, yeah, you bring it to E3 next year and show what the hell you have up your sleeve and go balls wall. Begs the question what they would announce at Gamescom slash Paris Games and what they announce at PSX. Because I do really feel like they have to have first party pops at all of these things, especially PSX. I think that's what was missing at PSX. Ben's game should have been there. But I think your pops is just going a different direction off what you know. I think your pop for Paris Games Week is David Cage comes out and it has a release date for Detroit Become Human and a new sexy trailer with the third playable character. I think that Gamescom could be something similar, a, another section of God of War or, you know, a game that we've already seen something announced for, you know, uh, 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 Gorilla comes out and shows something new for Horizon. What would be crazier is if Gorilla announced Killzone. That would know, be crazy. Which I think is, I really do feel like is in development as and well. It's for Vita. That would be fucking nuts. Shadowfall Fish 2. Fish already got a Killzone game on Vita. I know. Well, they're bringing, now they're bringing Shadowfall 2 there. They're oh. taking it off PlayStation 4. It's like Valkyria it Chronicles. Here. Yeah. Oh, God. That worked out really well for Valkyria Chronicles. It, I dude, do that was feel a like better game than that's Valkyria. one of my big theories is that Gorilla is working on Killzone too. I don't think that's really beyond the realm of possibility, but no, I mean you figure they're big enough team probably now, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Colin, mm. you get to pick the final question of the week. It's about PS3 or it's about Hot Shots Golf. PS3. PS3. Because we talked a lot about PS3 today. To round out, kindoffunny.com slash PSQ questions for the week. Chlorinated honey. Says, hey guys. First time poster, long time listener. Do you guys ever turn on your PS3? I think I remember you both saying that you don't have any reason to. So are you saying there are not any games you would go back and play? Mega Man 9 and 10, Colin? I think you're taking it to an extreme there. Do I ever turn on my PS3? No. Unless we're doing some kind of Let's Play where we need the old PS3 or some kind of charity stream where we're digging into it. Does that mean I'm throwing away my PS3 never to turn it on again? No. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff on PSN that I would love to get back to one day. And this is, you know, we're, we always talk about don't sell your old hardware or whatever. And I didn't do that growing up. This is with the PSN being anchored to PlayStation 3 and not be able to available on PS4, which sucks. You definitely don't want They'll to They'll take that. care of that in the future, I think. But they better. But I you know, they, am I might have to rebuy all my games because it'll be Probably like not. PlayStation PSN remaster. I'm sure that's a big, big initiative for them is to make it unified like the Xbox is doing. That's so fucking not, nonsensical that you can't do that. But... But that also cannibalizes PS Now and all the shit. It's a whole fucking to yeah, do. P- the boat remember is gone. Gai- remember Gaikai? I do remember. The PSN Now boat, it never even got to land. It's just out there stuck. It's motors down. I dead. wonder if they regret buying that fucking company. Shoot it with the cannon, shoe. Hey, sink the boat. Yeah, I would eat that. I would eat that uh, That cost if I were them. Um, and, and start really working on back, like true backwards compatibility. Um, the last time I played a game on PS3 was in 2014. So it's been a long time, you know? What was, was it? Do you remember? Tales of Exilia 2. Gotcha. That was the last like new PS3 game I played. Have I plugged it in for a Let's Play or something? Probably. But I mean, it's yeah. sitting in my room on my shelf, literally unplugged, and it has been forever. So um, I don't think there's any shame in it. There's a fucking million. PS3 is a great console. In fact, I was talking to J- Jared Petty about it, where I think PS3 might be like my third or fourth favorite console of all time. Mm. Right, PS3 behind is fuck- right behind the Wii. It would be like NES... And then maybe PS1, then maybe SNES, then probably PS3, you know? So I think, and maybe PS3 more than PS1. I don't know. Something like that, though. Like, PS3 is a fantastic console. There's a fucking million games on that thing. Yeah. But I have too many games on PS4, as I explained at the top of the show. So, you know, I want to continue to look forward as much as possible so I can continue to talk authoritatively about these games. I could certainly get, you know, one of the things, if you want to support us on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, or if you do already, you might have listened to it, is our exclusive episode this this month is... uh, 
with Jared Petty and we talk about old games. And the question I ask him at the top is if you were given the opportunity to only be able to play from this date on, you can yeah. only go back and play old games sure. or from this date on, you can only play what comes out after this date. What would you choose? And I was like, of course I'll go backwards because there's a fucking million games, like a million games that have been released that not only on PS3, but on everything like yeah. you, you'd never be done ever. And so I think there's a wealth of stuff there. And PS3 is certainly at the top of the, the list in terms of content. So it's not again anything against PS3. It's just that I have PS4 now and I have for what? Three years. So I mean, that's just the way it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce your new best friend. His or her name is Outraged Bloom. That's all the spelled the way you think it would be shoved together. Outraged Bloom story is our PS. I love this best friend. XOXO of the week. This is where you hit him up on PSN. Send him or her messages saying, hello, I love you. Then request their friendship. Outraged Bloom says, hello, Colin and Greg. I was a huge fan of you podcast. It helps me get to and from work. I, why, why, wait. He's got it. He was a huge fan of our podcast. Not anymore. He's over. He's done with it. I have a PS4, but not a lot of friends to play with. Being from the land down under, oi, governor, Australia, not a lot of my friends have PS4s. They're all Xbox fans, and I don't know why. So I'm looking for some new best friends to play games with. I love RPGs, sports games, and shooters. Currently playing Doom and loving it. If there's anyone in Australia that wants to be my friend, that would be amazing. I would be happy to have people from all over the globe be my friends as well as I play at all times of the night and day. All right. Bless you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And I look forward to your next podcast, XOXO, which apparently he won't even be listening to because no, he was like, a fan. He's he like not it. a fan. Outrage Bloom at Broom. Oh, I fucked it up. Outrage Broom. That's even better. B R O O M. Outraged Broom. Uh, everybody hit him up or her and say, sorry, Greg, read your name wrong. Also hit up Outraged Bloom. And apologize for just sending the PSN message when this started. Well, you didn't even listen to it, yeah. Yeah. Got to listen yeah. to the end. It, it, there's Easter eggs throughout this episode. Just like this Easter egg, Colin. That this best friend was brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure you head to LootCrate.com slash PS and enter the code PS to save $3 on a new subscription. Loot Crate is more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. And they guarantee more than $40 in value in every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. Every month there is a different theme and all the items are curated around that theme. Join us as we celebrate the futuristic. We've packed July's crate with items from some of pop culture's favorite protagon oh I'm sorry, prognostications of science in the future. Look towards tomorrow with items from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, Colin, Mega Man, Mega Mega Valiant Comics and Star Trek, including a model, a figure and don't forget our monthly tea and pin. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, Jackie T, that's it. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com slash PS and enter the code PS to save $3 on your new subscription today. Colin, last week, we did this week's Forgotten PlayStation game. Mm. It was your turn. Mm. And you said it's about time we just turn it over to the right. fans. They came out in droves Great. to give out. There, Forgotten PlayStation Games of the Week, and I picked this one from Super Cerberus. Hey, Grawlin, a relationship name. I've got a suggestion for this week's Forgotten PlayStation game. One of the PSP's hidden gems, Pursuit 
Force. Wow, big, big. Great. Great big, big. I had no idea that this game exists until it was given away for free as part of the Welcome Back program after the infamous PSN outage of 2011. So I decided to dust off my PSP and give it a try back then. It's a surprisingly fun, goofy action title that was way ahead of its time in variety of gameplay and badass animations, like jumping between cars in the middle of a chase or smoothly handcuffing criminals on foot. We're pretty impressive. These were all pretty impressive for early PSP games. Thanks. Super Cerberus, PS, RIP, Big Big Studios. RIP indeed. Pursuit Forest, great game. Should have bought a little deviance. Je- no, you shouldn't have. <laughs> don't you don't don't put that on them, Colin. They didn't they don't deserve that. Uh Jeff Haynes and I loved Pursuit Force back in the day. Good stuff. And I had a sequel. Yep. Pursuit PSP man, what a what a fucking unit that thing was. Yeah, PSP was a great handle. God, I love that handle. Not as good as Vita, but it was a great handle. Well. I mean they had Patapon. Freedom Wars, Patapon. Don't make me choose. Too many Soul sacrifice. <sighs> Time for this week's PSN worst name of the week. Soul sacrifice. This one comes from a guy who only signs it with his PSN name. So I'll get to it in the thing. All right. He says, hi, Colin and Greg. I, he actually said, hi, Greg and Colin. I'm just used to saying it that way. I would like to submit my name for worst PSN name of the week. Now, Colin, I'm going to say stick with me on this because it's the story that makes it bad. My PSN name is a underscore smiley underscore face now you might hear that and say that doesn't sound that bad right I, I when i read this one i'm like that isn't bad here's where we go some people are like that name's really cool but i disagree 100 percent. i made this name back in 2008 i'm sorry yeah 2008 that's what you say sometimes 2008 when i had just graduated high school i was and am a part of team fat and got this nickname on foot on the football team because after a victory i would run around the locker room in my undies making a smiley face with my belly the nipples were the eyes this name still haunts me, but since I have almost 2,000 trophies, I don't want to abandon the ship and start new. I have nightmares of how stupid I was back in the day. Shu, please let us sh- change our names. Thanks a million. A underscore smiley underscore face. I don't know if you want to change that one because it, no clear. one knows, and it's a great story. What's so bad about that story? You're fo- still part of Team Fat. You clearly have no shame, and neither great do point. we. Yeah. So I say embrace it. You know, like I think that's a great story. No one has any. No one would ever guess that. And it's not innate, innately offensive. I didn't put in the news uh, uh, article, but the interesting thing that's going on with the guy with the name uh, Jihad, Jihad that's going right, on right, 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 right. now. We talked about Conor Greg. We talked about Conor yeah. I didn't feel like it was that, like, that interesting, frankly. But it reminds me of that. Like, yeah, you see my, why parties might want to change that name yeah. one way or the other. Or maybe not. But duh, I think you got to embrace that. That's not nearly as bad as some of the other fucking shit that we've been getting. What was the last week's one where the guy was? Cum Guzzler or something. Yeah, Cum Guzzler. Brown Eye Girl or some weird. There's always some fucking <laughs> weird ass one. Uh, I can, but I mean, I'm sure I, you probably, it probably started this way. They're in the locker room. They've won the game. Everybody's happy. He takes off his shirt and some other guy runs over and grabs him and makes his belly into a smiley face. And then he's like, and then everybody's like, oh, so you're saying face. it's a scar for him. I think it's a bullying it's an emotional thing. Yeah, yeah. Scar. I, don't think, I don't think it was something he wanted to do, but then he felt like he had to embrace okay. it. So he ran so around it reminds doing me of that. those painful days. Exactly. 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 I see. You can't, you know, now he's just stuck with this forever. Every time he looks at the PSN. Okay. I'm sorry. It's a rough life to live. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS I Love You XOXO episode 41. Thank you for your support. Remember, PS I Love You XOXO is a podcast product from kindoffunny.com. So go there, subscribe to the channels, watch all the other videos, look at love and sex stuff, buy shirts, come see us at RTX, kindoffunny.com slash RTX for all the panels and whatnots. Uh, remember that it's the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. And we thank you for that. Remember that it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and podcast services around the globe. 
It also ends in a segment we used to call singing a shoe. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM and submits your music to be ending on the show. Remember, I need a downloadable link for your song so I can put it at the end of our MP3 and I need a YouTube video so I can annotate at the end of our YouTube video. Today's is from Brock Cantrell. My name is Brock Cantrell and my younger brother Chase my cousin Ryan Griggs and I just started a new indie surf punk band called The Moids. We are located out of Springfield, Missouri and just released our first single, Parking Lot. Included here is the YouTube link as well as a download link. We hope to be releasing our full EP slash demo soon, but I am in the process. I'm still in the mixing process. We are all big fi- fans of Kind of Funny and especially love. P.S. I love you. XOXO. It would be crazy if you included this song on one of your episodes. Thank you so much for the hours of entertainment and keep up the awesome work. Here's our Facebook page if anybody wants to learn more. Facebook.com slash The Moids. T-H-E-M-O-I-D-S. The Moids. Brock. Chase. Ryan. A three-piece. Congratulations on being at the end of P.S. I love you. XOXO. This is your song, Parking Lot. And until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.